Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Grill and Arena. This episode, we talk to owner Mike Charlesworth and CEO Sean Millican. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you guys? Hello. Marvellous. Hello and well, thank you. All interviewed out after that. Aaron's got his wife's glasses on, looking <laughs> extremely feminine. It's a fashion statement, isn't it? But at least I can see. Yeah. Well, he finally so, doesn't have to do that thing that old men always do, where they hold their screen like miles away from him and try and read it, which is really <laughs> annoying. It is quite funny. That's why I print it, so I can bring it closer. He's got like the phone in a different postcode. You just need to print it in a bigger font. Size. Well, the problem was that I was having to hold it so far away, it was my piece of paper's getting onto your side of the table now. Get your hands off it. That could be taken the wrong way. Why have you, right, ri- why have you written another essay? What's this about? Because this is my scroll. Do you work? What do you, what do you mean? I don't work, and even I don't bother with that stuff. No, this no, I was writing this during Mike's interview. This is what you're supposed to do with an actual podcast, is prepare. You gonna talk? It's, I don't know. I'm thinking. Anything to do with staffing at the Mariners? Possibly. There's actually two for this one. Oh, what? What? Could be that the boss. Oh. Had a baby. Right. Young. Well, Matt. the boss didn't have a baby. Well, you know. <laughs> we got there. That'd be a, a medical Was phenomenon. It joint. <laughs> Joint effort. <laughs> <laughs> it was teamwork Jesus to bring Christ. the next Mariners marquee, Max. Yes, so Sean Millicamp, um, wife Leslie, had a baby. So, yeah, congratulations to him. In about 10 years, he'll have a very handy five-a-side team. Mm. Except for the one kid that still supports the Wanderers. We need to try and change that. Yes. And what could be, be the other story behind this? It reminds me a little bit about how Lowry was acting after the game, but I don't think that's the answer. Lowry's a very angry person, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Very he's, childish. He's very Should I speak about what I saw in Terrigal at about You can try and talk about what you sure. saw in the bay. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. The, famous, of the, the famous of course. <laughs> that is some of the most hilarious shit I've ever seen in the bay. That was so Eggy brought his niece, nephew? Nephew. 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 Into the bay and was holding he him was up. T- and he was terrified. Lion kinging it. He was wearing a little mariner's cape. Absolutely cake. hilarious. He looked like a mini. He looked like a baby eggy. He looked quite he looked happy like. at some times, and then there's some photos where he looks like he's hanging on for dear life. But yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. eggy, is it? <laughs> and then if you if you listen to the commentary, Speedy says a joke. Oh, they start him young in the yellow army, and Robbie Slater goes, <laughs> and then stop, then just stops talking. He's a mind blank. He didn't have anything. Oh, he probably doesn't like anyone complimenting anything to do with the Mariners. Yeah, he didn't have anything negative to say, so he just yeah. shut up. Well, he probably just would have called the baby a football hooligan, but <laughs> can we, he must have stopped himself. Can okay, we, wait. Josh, you want to talk about what you saw after the game? Good idea. Oh, in Terrigal? Yes. Oh, I just saw a, a drunk Andy Keogh and Shane Lowry and getting pizza uh, near Crown at Terrigal. A lot of the funny. season for you, or? Keo was so drunk, he stumbled past me, and he was like slurring his words. <laughs> and uh, Lowry was getting pizza and was yelling, Keo, Keo, what do you want? And he's like, Ugh. I wonder I wonder who they sent Bloody to the polo. 
Huh? I wonder who they sent to the bottle. The bottle. You yeah. know, get something to drink with the pizzas. Definitely Kenny. Well, I was thinking <laughs> of someone else. Actually, might have gone. Ready. Oh, ready. Yeah, oh, that was the obvious <laughs> joke, wasn't it? <sighs> you missed out Sorry. on that one, Luke. I'll put a drum thing in for you later. <laughs> Been here for like three hours already. <laughs> and 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 what about um, little shout out to um, Bay Sixteen, proudly supported by. Uh, we Bulls removals. Bulls removals. Thank you. Yeah, are we allowed to have shameless plugs? Yeah. And babies. Happy days. So and, and ba- you are a shameless yet. plug, by the way. He <laughs> doesn't pay us, podcast. so we're not, we're not actually allowed to talk about him because we don't get any money. I've been call- called worse. Oh, but we like him, and you know he's topical at the moment because he made the TV. So while he's he famous, was everywhere. Yeah, he is. He is everywhere. He was on Fox. He was on Shootout. He's everywhere, literally. I saw him advertising for staff in Victoria. He's on fire. Do you know he holds the unofficial record for most number of waltz from paintball? Oh, I think <laughs> what? I may have, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We, um, he went paintballing, right? And he played all day without a shirt on. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, he didn't have enough waltz, so we just stood there when people shot him. without. A, yeah. And the next day we played indoor soccer, and I remember he fell over, and um, he got up off the ground. There was just... He's Back was just covered in blood. Are you telling me that um, Eggy didn't have a shirt on for an in- entire day? It sounds surprising, that doesn't it? That is absolutely what? disgusting. <laughs> How uh, dare he? Uh, uh, Bulls pick up and removals. Um, just look them up on they're on Facebook, and he's now got a sponsorship in in our bay. So um, yeah, he's been at the Lightning Ridge and all that sort of stuff. Well, so he's wor- yeah, he's worthy it. of the sponsorship because he's been there a long get, time. Get on it, people. He's moved my daughter, moved my niece. So um, and where's uh, he moved them to? Uh, moved one from down here to Kurumbong and the other one from down here to oh, I don't know what you call that suburb. Maybe Bado Bay. They weren't long moves, but um, they still need to get done right. So thank you, Aggie. Thank you, Bulls. He's a good mate of the show. Right, Fred's question. Seeing the amazing way we played in the last game with that lineup, do we stick with it, or do we um, bing up top or swap back with Roy? It's a good question, and I thought about this, and I talked to Luke about this mm. on the night after a few beers. But still, the point stands. Bingham played well. I thought he played pretty well, um, but I think Roy comes straight back in oh, for me. Controversial. Even though Bingham played well. I'd so I, I'd put I'd have Bingham on the bench just for like an impact player, but yeah, I don't, I'd have I, Roy back in. I think when we spoke about this the other week, uh, when it was evident that Roy wasn't going to be there, uh, I was hoping Bingers would start, but I didn't think he would, and then he did. So I'm happy about that, and then he did play very well. Uh, but I'd def- I'd be keeping him in. Uh, I don't think Paolo's going to change the formation and play two up front. No, because he hasn't really. The game plan is sort of adapted loosely here and there, but in terms of the f- formation, I think he's going to stick with that. And I I'm, think he's earned his, his yeah, second game in a row. Yeah, he has. And, you know, when when we spoke about our off-contract players a while ago, I think Bing was one of the ones that I'd love to see him stay, but I thought he yeah. might have probably been released. But he hasn't... I think he's played one 90-minute game for youth in probably for the whole season. That's just about all he's done. Um, he came on against Newcastle away. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, so it, it was a really good performance from him, and um, I think he deserves his chance to start again and essentially earn another contract. I'd I'd say he went close to convincing me of that very. My thing. God, you were quiet. Turn me up. Turn me up. <laughs> Just keep talking. Up, 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 up. No, I think I think Bingers has been on the edge for me, and we've talked about the you know recontracting, and I've wondered whether or not this was a good idea or not. But uh, the performance on Saturday, 
I think is probably the best performance he's had in probably since he played against Victory last year. Thanks, I sounded louder just then, just magically. Gee, I feel Magic. good when I'm loud. Um, but no, so he played well in that game. Your uh, level. Against uh, Victory, and uh, most of the times that we've had him come on as an impact player, he's done a good job. But in this game, he, he was good. So a bit mixed feelings for me because I think we need Roy to be back in the side. Yeah, Roy, we're you know negotiating contracts. I think I was about know, to bring that up. It throws another thing out there. If he get if he gets put on the bench, does that annoy exactly. him or <laughs> and when he we need to probably resign him? And the other side to it is that uh, sure everybody makes mistakes, but um, Bingers did let a couple of opportunities uh, that I think should have been finished uh, go by in this game, as well as the good job that he did on finishing. He missed he a did. free header. He did miss one that I thought he should have put away. And uh, you know, if you think back to last year in the FFA Cup, um, it was Bingers who uh, missed the sitter from a couple of yards out to to um, see us go out of the FFA Cup. So you know, I got mixed feelings about it but if I'm made to say yes or no I'm going to say Roy comes back in the team. Do you think he offered a different outlet to Roy though? It was more of a I target. I thought he did almost like the same job. It was better, was would. was it more was he more of a target man than Roy sort of balls in behind whereas Bingers I think is awesome in the air from what we've from yeah. what we've all seen. He is, but I don't know that our game plan suits that, and I don't know that we necessarily want our game plan to look like that. I either. think we play it on the floor way more than we put crosses in. We do. We want to get in behind and make cutbacks. That is our bread and butter, and we're doing a good job of it most of the time at the moment. Um, and while that can be Binger's game, I think it's more Roy's. Um, and so, you know, I don't like the idea of having a target man, so to speak. I would like to see what it was like to have Roy and Bingers play together up there because I think they complement each other. And and uh, as a hit sp- Bingers and lays it off to I'd, Roy. I'd yeah. like to see yeah. us play a four four two. To be yeah. honest, but on the other hand, see how it goes. I'm, I'm, you know, trusting of the fact that um, Paolo, uh, you know, that ain't the curriculum. Well, Do you feel if we're chasing reputation. a game, we can switch it up? I think it's something that we could definitely yeah. try. Or um, Roy comes off, Bingers come on, Plan B. Not yeah. so much play it long, but you know. Or we lose a winger and we bring uh, Bingers and Roy on and play them together as a twosome up front. Um, yeah. So it's a good um, headache to have at the moment because we haven't really had that yeah, you lately. Wouldn't, you wouldn't buy another striker at the end of the season who is the same as Roy, would you? No. If you're going to you know, keep some variety there, then Bingers offers that, definitely. Right. So on Australia Day, we had Melbourne victory against Sydney FC. Sydney winning that 2-1. It was a strange game. It was. Um, it, was I, it wasn't. It wasn't. Each uh, team had periods of domination over the other. Yeah, it wasn't high quality, but I still enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it. You, you're being weird today. We were talking off the podcast before. You were in a bad <coughs> mood. Only thing. He, only thing he enjoys <laughs> is going to bed at seven. <laughs> Mate, this was the only hope I still uh, had left of Sydney getting put to the sword. Yeah, I. Yeah, True. I, I agree. I, I actually, I enjoyed watching Melbourne play. The way they were hitting that top man and they Eas- would lay it off. Mel- Victory are easily the easiest. Let's try and say that again. Is the easiest team on the eye in the league yeah. for me. Yeah, because they've got they've got both great players and talent in their team, but they also have great team play and uh, obviously a great game plan, and that works most of the time. But it certainly didn't work against Sydney, and I really wanted them to beat Sydney. Yeah. Mm. You look like I, you're constipated. I can't. You're right. <laughs> well, it, it certainly. He has makes, a very big issue with this. <laughs> I'm not happy about Sydney now. But like, who's going? No. Who's going to stop him? And like, I we seen, are I, us. I seen someone say earlier today that 
after they won that game, it's hard to see them losing another game. That w- that that was the game where if they were going to lose, they were going to lose that game. We'll beat them. But have they still they've still got victory to play? They've got one more game against victory to play, don't they? They do. I oh, know, but could and victory... they've got they've got to play us one more time. So look out, mate. But could victory set the scene any better for themselves? They're at home. They score first. It's an emphatic goal. They look fantastic. They're playing great team. You got to give credit to Sydney Buck for coming straight back into the game, didn't they? Well, really, what they did was they just kept. That going the way that as if nothing had happened when yeah. Victory scored and they just continued on and patiently I think played that, their game. That's an Arnie trait right there. It yeah, is. I think that shows their mentality and that's yeah. why I don't think they'll lose another game as no, much as that pains me to say. But in the midst of all that, I love Bernie and I was really happy for him to come on. That was, a, that that was a cracking so goal. It's and hard, how good, it's how hard good not does to be happy. Now? Like yeah. he looks fantastic. The way that he's he just sh- did, you see how him. Burrow tried to legit like just pull him down, and he yeah. was just too strong. Rode that challenge, got away from who else was chasing he, him. Uh, he nutmegged Lee Broxham in his yeah. record-breaking game to score the winner, which is hilarious. And then just smashed it past the keeper. It was great a goal! Great goal! Needs to fix his hair though. Please do that. He, he can score cracking goals, can't he? He can. Right, Newcastle Jets beat Melbourne City two-one. Friday <sighs> night. This really was after our form. We stayed back this and really annoying. watched this with an old mate who City, fell asleep. City sort of dominated. <laughs> Everyone the... thought old mate was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my God, people. Come on, Josh. This is what you I st- deal with every week. You started that Muttley laugh. Cahill went off injured in the knee. No, he just came off. He got yeah, subbed. He ice on his knee. Precautionary. Oh, okay. Precautionary. Yeah, Naboo played well, and everyone else is going on how how good Naboo is, and obviously the commentators, because they hate us, have to stick the boot in. Oh, you got to wonder why the Mariners passed up on him. Mm. That was under previous coach, and, and I think a, that needs to be pointed out. <laughs> and a player that apparently wanted extreme wages yeah. that were not in our budget. But anyway, yeah, City sort of dominated the game, couldn't score, only got... A goal because they got a pretty lucky penalty, which isn't a surprise. Being it was, City, but whatevs. You could argue that it was outside the box too. I think because it started inside. Yeah, because it's box. where the f- uh, Newcastle losing is good, but Newcastle winning is annoying. Yeah, no, they yeah, had plenty of opportunity. Tony, he played youth. He played the youth final on. Yep. So I thought Rosie had a good game. Yep. Rosie well, was pretty good on the left. Can anyone him. explain to me why that kid isn't selected, Tony? Who knows? Well, I think he was at fault for a goal. The other week, the winning goal when they played Adelaide, Adelaide. I yeah. think he was sort of at fault with that and left Rosie high and dry. So that might be why I don't know. But I feel like his lack of being there in this game led to at least two goals. Yeah, you're probably right. They're they're just they're they're really fragile at the moment for a team that's worth nine million dollars. Yeah, they just don't really have any team play, which means that when the chips are down, they're totally reliant on individuals and their talent. And they're very poor defensively as well. For me, they're horrendous defensively. Well, they don't. Really? Even in attack, yeah. even when it, things aren't clicking for them in attack, they're nothing special. Yeah. No, no, and uh, they are too reliant on individuals and and uh, not enough team. They play. need they they need they need individual brilliance to win games, not a team effort. I think that shows the difference in mentality as well between uh, Melbourne City and a Sydney FC when you've got a coach that can instill that. And they had Van Ship. Van Ship is a big loss, I think. Yeah, you know, he was there for his second go at it. Did okay, um, and now I've completely forgotten his name. Is there Falconis? That's it, and um, he's not off to a great start. So no, and is he strong? Is he going to be strong enough? You know, to get over the top of some of those big heads. There's mm. some big ones there. Moving on, Saturday night uh, we played Perth at home, one two nil. 
we finally do a podcast where we've won the week before. I think this is the sixth sixth, sixth time out of what forty. Our sixth winning podcast. Happy days. That's what's wrong with our tipping. Just to digress a little, our tipping is crap because we've. I got one, didn't I? No, you got two actually. So <laughs> we actually. I got none at my home one. <laughs> so we we actually got one right with Mariners winning. Exactly, and that's what's wrong with us. We were talking about our own statistics. We've been tipping us the whole time. Going to the game, I thought. I thought we we dominated the first twenty, and then we let Perth back into it, and Taggart missed an absolute sitter that he yeah. should have scored from. Me and Aaron were talking about this earlier that. Um, Sort of overall, yeah, it's very positive that we got the win, and I think we played quite well. We but rode our luck. Perth could have easily been up two nil mm. before we even scored. So uh, I think it's something I was going to say about Bingham before. Do you think Perth gave us enough chances that he could get those? Um, whereas against a team that's not going to give us chances, uh, that's, the, that's a very good point, and yeah, I agree. In the form that Perth are in, yes, against a better quality side, um, Bingham might have been more stifled. But you saw you saw Perth beat uh, Victory midweek too. Yeah, I know. That's a league unpredictable. That's the thing with this league; you can't predict anything. But I felt like we were going to win the whole game, though. Still, I don't know why. I thought we were going to win only when we we're two 0 up. I thought yeah. I I said, remember I said to you at halftime. You're I not said, a true whoever, fan if you think that. I said whoever scores first in this second half is going to win the game because I thought it was a one a one nil game, mm. but. It was good to get the two goals early in the second half, and then we just sort of played it out. I think what did when I saw the lineup and I saw Liam Rose back there. Yeah, Liam Rose at centre back. I'm still not convinced on that, but it worked though. Yeah, and he went well. I thought with Posco, then the pair of them were pretty solid, and they that, talked pretty well. That was the main thing, Poscalero being back in. Posco, he was he was huge. man of the he was man of the match for me. He was so massive. Well, right? he was definitely good, but I think combination of Jakey McGing being as a, a holding midfielder, playing again, in his natural position in this game, yep, um, created a solid defensive block for us. And Although, yeah, him and Monty were good. We did a good job. Really, the only time that I thought we were a little bit nervous in that back pairing was uh, occasionally when we're further up the paddock and we're passing the ball between Posco and uh, and uh, Liam. Then uh, we didn't look like we, you know, had all of the options sorted out. But Castro um, had a had a few good chances as well, and Izzo made a great save from Castro near the end that sealed the the clean sheet and the win. So because if Castro scores that, it's two one Perth of they tail up, and then we'll probably get more nervous, and who knows what happens from there. What do you think of hashtag Trent's tackle? Yeah, it was a yeah. bad one. I. I had a horrible feeling that the ref was going to give a red. That's what I thought. And I was thinking, oh, please don't. And then I, I saw the yellow. I, was like, I thought the yellow was fair, but if it was a red, I wouldn't have complained about it. Yeah, it's not It's not the first time, unfortunately, that I've seen that as well from him uh, in the NPL. He did that in NPL. I don't know. He? I think you were there, Josh. Yeah. yeah. In, in the NPL last season, he did that right in front of us at Plume, and it started an all-in brawl. So I, th- I think it's just. I think it's just a bit of enthusiasm. That he sort of missed times the tackle, and he must have just got pissed off that he got beat to it. Yeah, I think so. But with McGing, I think he's copped a lot when he's played at centre back. Um, but the last couple of games when he's been in midfield, he's been way better. Yeah, because he started off in midfield in youth, and then he went to the MPL, and then was sort of transformed into a centre back. I thought he played really well. Um, you know, last season he was there as well playing centre back, but now. He's gone back into midfield. It seems to be working wonders. And I thought he was 5% better than last week, and he was good last game as well. Um, just 
because he was playing in that position and he looked less rusty. So 5%. Yeah, you know, just to throw out a Give figure. or take? No. Could be 6. Maybe 6. 6%. Six and something else that we've also spoken about as well is Fabio at number 10. He but did all right. I think, I think Perth yeah. gave him... Perth made him look good. At the, that's not a starting position for him. Do they have holding He's not staying there. No I way. I feel like we're going very against the grain here. Because me and you were speaking about it in the Bay. We, I can remember like a fair few times where we both looked at each other and went, what are you doing, Fabio? But then everything I've seen after the game is saying how well he played. Yeah, that was. I was surprised at that. And also because, remember when he... Like, well, 2 nil up, we go down there, he, he's released, he's got two players ready to tap it into an empty net, goes himself, misses. He's a ball hog. Yeah. He's Why? a damn ball hog and a glory hunter for me. <laughs> just, putting, just putting it, just putting it harshly. Thank God he finished that penalty and he's got a lot of balls that to... That takes massive balls. ...to up an anchor that almost was too high. Yeah. But when it comes off against that opposition... It looks good. Yeah. It's fantastic. And because it was against Reddy as well. Yeah. And, and he <laughs> made Reddy look stupid, which was yeah. awesome. And uh, Monty's farewell to Reddy. That was great oh, to yes. watch. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Now, we complain about players going up and whinging to the ref. He did that. Yeah. See, but but I, it was, he did do that. I don't, I don't have a massive issue with it because he is Everyone the captain. Everyone does it. Well, because he's the captain, he should have he some sort of a it. leeway. It depends how you do it. When you have someone like a Royston the other week for Perth go absolutely ballistic at the ref, granted that was because it was and a decision against him. Probably call him some swear words. Yeah. But I, I think swear words. I think if you watch if you watch the footage, um, one of our players goes to walk towards the ref, and Monty's next to the ref, and then he sort of Monty sort of pushes him away. So I think Monty doesn't necessarily want that either. But I think a combination of because it was ready, and um, just because he is the captain, I think it had absolutely no difference anyway. I think the ref had already made up his mind pretty clearly that it was going to be a red. Because at first I thought red, and then I watched a replay, and I thought. Maybe not, but then is this, later yeah, on when yeah. we watch another replay, he's, he's just about to kick the ball, and I he's have, just got it. I him. have no I don't idea. Know how he didn't see him though. Yeah. I have no idea what the hell Reddy was even thinking. I didn't know what, what was going on when it happened in real time. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? Because yeah. I didn't realize that Reddy that Trent had like nicked the ball away from him, and then I realized when I saw the replay that it looked like from our angle because we're so far away, we're up the other end of the stadium. It looked like he completely like ripped up Trent's calf. Yeah, and I think. A lot of people were saying, oh, you know, but he wasn't last man. Last man's not a rule. Everybody, not anymore. It, not anymore. It's it's not a rule. It's denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Which so they did, because if Trent what stays on his feet, there's one pass three, it's a goal. It's so. three against one, and with Drillbitch the only one back, it's yeah. a goal. So, yeah, I think it's a fair <laughs> red card. Pretty easy to score against him. But yeah. I think that was a good decision for the ref. Uh, I think the um, offside goal that wasn't offside from Josh was a very good decision. We, lo- we love giving shit to refs, but I thought KGJ had a pretty good game. Yeah. I don't know about overall, but that decision right there is probably the best referee's decisions ma- decision made this year. It was, the it offside? Wasn't, not yeah, just because it, it benefited us? Yeah, no, not just because of that, but, but in part because of that I liked it. But the way he went about that, he cleverly saw exactly what had gone on. He, he went straight over and referred the linesman very efficiently. In, the, in a way that didn't take any time at all. I'm guessing that he went over there and said to the linesman, that ball went to Bingham, last touch by a Perth player. Is it still offside? Yeah. Because no. I had to watch the replay three he probably times. Asked him, he probably said, did you see it touch anyone else? 
Yeah, so yeah. so that took less than two seconds, way less than any video or anything else. He did it very quickly, um, and uh, Bingham was in no doubt as soon as uh, mm. he saw um, uh, the referee head towards the linesman that he knew what was going to happen. So, um, yeah, quality. And, and, you know, I'm the first person to rip it into referees, so uh, quality on that. And he didn't do a bad job, but I think there were many decisions in this game, like other games we've had this year, where... Some of the small decisions go the wrong way, and after a while, that gets frustrating. Mm. You know, when the third throw throw in doesn't go our way, or the second corner becomes a, you know, goal kick, it pisses you off just a bit. You know, I don't mind those as much as long as they don't lead to something big. No, but then that's the risk you've got to take. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, as long as we're not, you know, we're not influencing the game, influencing the result. So. Yeah, I think I don't know what it is. You 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 just keep going quiet again on the run editing. It's really weird. Anyway. I think um, linesmen have copped a lot, but it was hard to blame the linesman for seeing it that way. Like I, I had to watch the replay three times before I realised what had happened. Mm. So, and there's like, only oh, one it would angle. definitely look like a Mariners pass to him yeah. from where he was. Yeah, and there's so, only yeah. one angle that really shows it. Can I just say a, a shout out to the bloke that got covered in like a full beer that was standing in front of me? Bad luck, mate. <laughs> did you did you say <laughs> it was that? Pete, way? wasn't it? No, it wasn't Pete. It was another guy standing next to him. I had at least four, oh, four filled. Well, four Lauren was next to him. Oh, no. Well, it was a dude. I remember it was like a dude in like a wine shirt. He got he got a full beer yeah, on his Mick, back. Yeah, Mick threw the beer in it. I'm sure it hit Pete and Lauren. <laughs> I had so many full beers on me yeah. by the end of full time. Anyway, uh, retro round. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It was. Up the back of the bay. Good to see you. What, some old faces for you, Jimmy? What you call me an old face? <laughs> No, it was good. You knew what I meant. Yeah, I saw Mick in there and Dibbo and all sorts of old faces. Shame we couldn't get um, Brett Taylor and Sean and Auburn and lots of stuff in there and Simon Fisher and all that. But anyway, <laughs> maybe next time. Fair enough. And no celery. Well, he was there, but the actual item. The chant was there, but did you did you see the uh, Facebook comment that wasn't a fan of it? Well, she didn't name yeah. that chant specifically. But uh, that's pro- probably what she was referring to. It's funny. To. I looked I'm over... I'm sitting in the cheering section. Oh, yeah, up. people that call it the cheering section, mate. I looked, that is AFL. I looked into Bay 15, and there was a guy there with two little kids. And he's just sitting there, and he's smiling and looking at us. And then we started that chant, and he goes... He saw his face drop, and he just got his two kids and moved <laughs> over to the next Bay. <laughs> what about the guy next to you, Josh? The one, what you told me on Saturday night. When, when we started that chant, he was like, "Oh God!" And then the next time, oh we did yeah, it, and then the <laughs> next time we did it, he was fully involved in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy standing next to me, I don't know who it was, but like he was, I think it was, must have been his first time in the bay. And I've seen him before. He was, but, he was yeah. sort of like getting into it, and then he like the first time we did the the celery, and obviously the the punchline of that, he's like, "Oh God!" <laughs> And I think he had the. I think he had his oh, wife. I think he had his wife standing next to it, ne- <laughs> next to him. So, and then uh, the next time we did it, he was like, he was sort of like miming it. He was like, and he's like, and then he just starts laughing. She's gone. That's a good idea. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you don't know the words to that chant, I'm, look it up. I'm still unsure on that on that chant. I think I think it is funny, but yeah. Didn't, anyway. didn't Chelsea get banned from singing it? Because people were actually bringing celery into the ground. That's what and, we used to do. And bring throwing celery. it up. That's yeah. Celery's brilliant. healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I went to go bring my um, Harry the Haddock inflatable fish from Grimsby Town Mariners, but it had holes in it, so I couldn't bring it. I'm going to have to patch up the holes and bring it another time. We, we did throw around the idea of bringing a inflatable men's 
appendage and writing ready on it, <laughs> but we never got around to it. So maybe next time we might do that. We'll have an inflatable day. Yeah, that'll be good fun. Anyway, <laughs> an inflatable day. Don't 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 tell the desperate dudes, <laughs> aka me. <laughs> It'll make the bay look fuller. <laughs> well, okay, let's not go there. <laughs> Right, moving on. The game following out is Brisbane at home against Wanderers. Morrow, don't pull that face. <laughs> Brisbane winning that 2-1. Late minute, uh, last minute goal. Yeah, uh, Jan Jedovic fuck up, which is pretty funny. Mm. For letting... What, he he saved him a couple of minutes before that. But yeah, <laughs> he was, he was The whole second half, he was keeping uh, Brisbane in the game. and then Wanderers in the game. Us, yeah, sorry, Wanderers in the game and... Um, Last minute hour. Yeah, unlucky. I think I think I think Brisbane probably deserved to win though, with all the chances they had. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Wanderers, uh, Wanderers are just horrific, really. They are. They're and all over they're the place. Extreme Stop. entertainment on Twitter. Yeah. All the Wanderers fans that are fed up with Popovich and wanting Popovich to go. But he won the ACL. Yeah, <laughs> it gives him a lifetime of um, not being bagged out. Free passes. And then he did the interview last night on uh, Fox Sports News, which wasn't received very well. Didn't you hear about that? No, I didn't say that, sorry. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's probably the worst thing he could have done. He just made it worse for he himself. He said, oh, he was, he was saying sort of stuff like making the top six is, um, is, a, is like a good thing, is what we're aiming for, and we can still win the grand final from six. Actually, I did hear that this morning. Was that him that said that, was yeah. it? Yeah, it was and then actually he, he, said, he said something about uh, not... Basing things off other people's expectations and he was, things like he that. He was basically and, saying, yeah. I'm the coach and the fans can have their opinions, but I'm the coach and I do what I want. Yeah, and he sort of blamed... Uh, he didn't say it, but he, you could tell he was alluding to like not spending enough money and things like that, because I think... He sort of like blamed the owner, though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but that doesn't... To me, that doesn't really make that much sense, because they have... They've used, they're using all their visa spots on... Guys that I think are on pretty good coin, and it's just just a case of him not recruiting properly, and they're shit. Mm. But that that first goal that Brisbane scored was like worse defending than our whole season if, last if it, year. Put what, if, what if we conceded a goal like that? The media wouldn't shut up. It was hilarious. Clisby just basically passed the ball straight to him, and then he scored. Yeah, in his in. So should know, we have relegation box. for teams like the Wanderers? <laughs> yeah, they definitely should be relegated. Sing, we all cheat that too. Nice work. We yeah. all tipped it. Well, Brisbane winning. Tip Brisbane winning. Thanks, Holman. Right, lovely. Um, last game of the round, Adelaide are home against Wellington. Two-all draw and 60-degree feet. <sighs> FFA, you this screwed up. is mental. How, you can't play in 38 degrees. And a W League game before it. And speaking of, it's supposed to be 36 in Canberra on Sunday. Mm, we'll get on to that. So like, I that's saw someone tweeting. I saw someone tweeting saying that A League fans are thin skinned, and if you change the time, kick off time, then they would all whinge and. No, they would. Right, it's well, common sense. It, it happened with us. Remember when our game got postponed until after I, I loved the Sydney it. game. Yeah. It was absolutely I loved it. brilliant. We kicked off at. Seven thirty, yeah, eight o'clock, eight, yeah. eight o'clock on a Sunday or some, and it was perfect. People just make too many excuses. They go, "Well, it starts at six, so I'm home that's at nine. T- that's just the problem. Kids, that's kids just the problem of playing in summer because yeah. you're going to get those days where it's going to be insanely hot. And FFA have got what that that light white bulb or whatever the hell the it's wet called. Bulb. wet bulb. I was, I was reading up on this earlier, so apparently that was established. What do you do for work? Uh, nothing. Apparently that was established in the 1950s. Uh, by the US military 
and this the FFA and also a number of other sporting organisations are still using the wet bulb. 1950 are still using the wet bulb as an indicator as to how warm it is. It, it takes into account cloud cover, moisture in the air, wind, all that sort of stuff. But that's not the point. I think yesterday here... You're a wet bulb, Moro. Have you seen the machine? No. Like, it's that weird black thing, yeah, isn't it? It's I've like seen a, Sharon wandering around with it. It's oh, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. A, it's like something yeah. from like outer space. It looks like it's from the 1950s. Yeah, that's what it, it looks, looks like. like if you pull, push the thing, it'd be like one of those... It goes... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. But I think yesterday, yesterday here, it was, it was overcast, but it was hot as. But I bet you if they did the wet bulb, they'd say, no, nah, it's all good. Because of the cloud cover. Yeah, exactly. So... When they did the wet bulb, they said it was, I think it was 26 point something degrees. And for the wet bulb uh, thing to have a drinks break is 28 degrees. But real life human temperature, not from the 1950s, it was 39 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Pull your fucking head. And then, and then the FFA coming out and saying there was no one that got heat stroke, where, whereas a, an article about the game said that several Wellington players had heat stroke. So by well, half players time. throwing up at half time. Yeah. By half time. Like, if you need to have a drinks break, normally they do it like every 10 or something. Are you, <laughs> did you find the wet bulb? That's what it looks yeah, like. That's it, yeah, that's it. That's the wet bulb. That's exactly, like. that's exactly what it is. That's what it looks like. That's exactly what it is. Hey, what about the important things, though? Did the uh, women's league girls have to get changed in, I don't know, marquees? That's another good point. The, w, the, front the, gate? the W League girls playing in probably maybe even hotter, hotter. In the, at 2 o'clock local time. Yeah, it's that's, nuts. Yeah. And then also the... W League semi final that's going to be played in Canberra before our game. Mm. But does so they get change yeah, rooms where do, or not? Where do we they have to get change, Maury? You, you tell us. Because we know there's only one set of change rooms there, and we read Who? an article only where? this week. Where Coopers, Coopers. Oh, yeah. We read an article this week that girls were made to get changed outside the front gate at a recent W League game. Or yeah, but it wasn't. Year, it wasn't at Central Coast Stadium, so no. it doesn't matter. Well, when it's at our yeah. place, then we're land based all over the place about tents and whatever else. But as soon as you're going full anti media here, it's good. It's good. <sighs> but the, the the conspiracy against the Mariners all the time. The worst thing to come out of this whole heat thing was the statement that the FFA put out the other day. It was essentially nobody died sucking up. Basically, that's what it and was. Then and then all the, the I think the talk on Twitter was like, does someone literally need to die for them to change something? Yeah, and it's I not just the players; it's fans as well. It's like everyone, fans yeah. apparently, fans were having to get checked for heat stroke as well if they're sitting like right in the sun. Yeah, people saw other people in the back of an ambulance getting looked at because they were just so heat stroke. Like, I if it's going to be thirty six in Canberra, it's going to be a feckin' hot game. Yeah, one of the lines in the statement was something like. Uh, we told both clubs of the chances of the heat and we told them to prepare professionally. Like It wasn't as if there was a game after. What they the hell? They could have postponed it. For what the hell does that even mean? Prepare professionally for 39 degrees directly in the sun running around for 90 it, minutes. It's basically like bullshit corporate talk for suck it up. Yeah, and to be fair to the players, they still put on an okay game. We talked to Foxtel. Except for Adelaide getting a point. We were talking yeah. about putting the game back, but they said no, so we didn't do it. But it's okay because we're yeah. in aircon. There and was, we wear suits. There so was, it's all good. I know was, what I'm doing. There was no game on after nothing else. I they we can't put shootout back, please. No, they just didn't want to clash with um, the Australian Open, which you know, who cares about safety when you're coming up against the tennis? <laughs>
All right, we're here with Central Coast Mariners owner Mike Charlesworth and CEO Sean Millicamp. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Yep, going great. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for being here. Like It's your building, so thank you for having us. Thanks for making us a new <laughs> studio too. We really appreciate it. <laughs> right, you've just come out of a council meeting. Um, what updates can you give us from that? Sean, you're yeah. the politician. <laughs> so the meeting was very positive. Uh, we've got some outcomes that we need to follow on through. And if anything, the main thing we're talking about is about the, uh, the process that we need to engage moving forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've had, our, uh, had a good long meeting. And um, let's uh, watch this space. Yeah, I mean, look, my my position is is pretty clear, is that I'm absolutely convinced that this is going to happen. When? I'm not too sure. Now, if that's going to be under the current term of the administration or whether that's going to be this time next year or whenever, I'm absolutely convinced that everything stacks up. Uh, It's a case of timing. Now, we'd obviously like to do things sooner rather than later, like everybody, I think, or most people. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. So we want to – we're positive. Um, you know, we want to move forward in a very positive way and work with the council. Um, and I think the next step is, is Sean getting into a little bit more detail with them. So, uh, you know, I'd say it's a positive meeting, yes. And there's a feel of them being reasonably receptive to – to the approach now or at least prepared to talk to you on a cooperative basis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good answer. Very good answer. Um, so if we are given the rights to the ground, can you clarify what the ownership structure will be? Will it be the ground and the Centre of Excellence and the club all under one thing or will it be the stadium and the Centre of Excellence with the club being like a separate company or...? Step number one for us is is to take on what's called the management rights. And that gives us the ability to patch up the stadium, do some basic things, fix a few things up, but then essentially control everything that happens in the stadium without owning it, but managing it. So that enables us to bring in new content, new events, um, provide an incredibly better match day experience for everybody. And that, from our point of view, is the case of being able to prove that we're the right sort of partners for the community. Once we've gone that through that, which I believe is very achievable um, and a much easier decision, by the way, for council because they're not selling any public assets, um, then I think that down the road, and down the road might not be that far away, we can get into some meaningful discussions as far as um, uh, you know, acquiring the stadium in full or part of in, in, in some sort of partnership maybe or whatever. But I think that what's important um, for the communities, let's prove it. Let's prove that we're the right sort of partners to take on the stadium. And um, I'm absolutely 100% convinced that we'll do a fantastic job. And it'll be, you know, if we're sitting here this time next year putting on our own events, you'll have a completely different experience than what you're getting today. I mean, the ideas and the sort of things that we're working through, uh, you know, would be amazing. So, so that's, you know, it's a very logical. Uh, strategy. So at this stage, the club, so the actual football club and the Centre of Excellence are under two separate companies, aren't they? But they're owned both by you, or are they both under the same company? Um, they're two separate companies, yeah, okay. owned by me. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be, is it too early to talk figures about how much the stadium would cost? Would do you, Or is it too early to uh, know how much it would cost? Definitely too early, because it really depends on what... Um, 
what's behind it. You know, if uh, um, and no one's suggesting, you know, that there's a there's a you know, knockdown rebuild, but that's a to- what you can do and can't do in the venue is, is is two big things. So if you can acquire the venue and 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 put in a hotel. Yeah, the, the valley is very different to acquiring a venue, and you can't put it in a hotel. So it's it's just too early for that, and that's where we're saying we need to have some more meaningful discussions and um, yeah, peel back some onion layers there. Mike, what do you say to fans who ask, why won't you spend the money on the team instead of on things like the stadium? It's a pretty common question in recent days, and I know you've answered it. You've probably answered it on Friday night, probably answered it many times other than that. We well, just want to get that same message out. Yeah, look, you know, we we are spending it on the team. You know, there's 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 a cap and there's a floor. So we work within the legal parameters of the FFA. Um, I think that you wouldn't be asking this question if we were at the top of the league or the mid table, but because we've sort of had a a difficult year or two, you know, it's it's, it's look, it's a valid question, but we we we've got to think long term. What's the point in going and blowing another million dollars? It's my perception. It, 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 to, to, to finish mid-table when what we could be doing is potentially building the best football club in the country. And when I say the best, if we get the management rights, we've got the potential to become the biggest club in the country, literally. And so, you know, a lot of our energy and a lot of, you know, I don't want to detract from the first team and, you know, and, you know, and I'm absolutely convinced, well, first, there's going to be a lot more investment going into that from next season, Okay. But, you know, you've also got to look from a business point of view in terms of building the club and looking at the long term. Now, if you're asking me this question one, two, three years ago, you know, I kept using the word sustainability. Well, we're getting to that point now that we are sustainable, that I believe that we are safe. We weren't two or three years ago, but we are now. Now we're talking about becoming the best club and the biggest club in the country. And this gives us the tool to do that. And so... um, that, to me, is more important for the future of the Mariners than going to spend a million dollars on a marquee player. Could you define the biggest club for me? Like, could you give me Commercially, victory. Okay, so if you're saying that we're going to be the biggest club, do you mean... I'm saying we have, we've got the potential, the potential to be the biggest club from, a, from, a, from a, a, an income revenue okay. generation. Yeah. Right, okay. Because you know, I, I think that once we've... Once we've got the management rights to the stadium, and I do truly believe that we'll get there, um, and we're providing a much better match day experience, I think we'll see a significant increase in attendances, in revenues, and everything flows from there. Um, literally, it'll snowball. So, you know, new sponsorship. Everything is driven, unfortunately, by money. And we've got to, there's no point in just losing million dollars every year. You, 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 you've, you've got to think very creatively and I think that's what Sean and the team has done here and I think that you know that we're on the right track and we're going to get there absolutely um, what is your relationship like with the local MPs um, are they in support of um, making this investment and did Mike Baird stepping down change anything well I, d- I didn't meet Mike because he resigned the day before I arrived <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't want that meeting did he? <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> Look, the, the the relationships that I've had with the local MPs, of you know that that I've known and I've met, have always been very positive, and I, I was um, very pleasantly surprised by the events on um, the match on Saturday. Yeah, I, met, I met a lot of the MPs, and they're all very supportive, and so they should be. 
you know what we're doing is a great thing for the community and um so yeah they're they're right behind us absolutely so a number uh, that's been thrown around for the grand plans is around 75 million i don't know if that's right or not but that's what's sort of been quoted in the newspapers um if it all does get the go-ahead can you outline where the money will actually come from and Will you sort of be using those relationships to apply for government grants or anything like that? Look, I, I, I think that that figure is a very broad figure because, as Sean's specified, we, we don't know. We don't know enough about, and we're getting into that detail now in terms of the potential for that stadium. Sean gave you the example of a hotel. You know, well, can we build a hotel or can't we build a hotel? Can we build this? Can we, you know? And there's no point in getting into that level of detail unless we know council are serious, and we're getting to that point now. And so. You know, if it's 75 mil, if it's, if it's 100 mil, if it's 200 mil, whatever, you know, if it commercially stacks up, then we'll find the money. If it doesn't commercially stack up, then there will be no private investment, not from me, from anybody. But, you know, we've got to get to that point. And so we're deadly serious about investing. You know, initially, you know, our investment is going to be largely in terms of our resource. Yeah, it's, it'll take money, but our resource, our time, our commitment, and our motivation to make it to patch up the stadium um, and to, you know, provide a, you know, a far superior, you know, day out, basically, for our fans. Um, I think there's been a, a bit of talk on social media about the stadium being owned privately and people maybe not sort of liking the idea. What would you say to those people that are concerned about the stadium being owned privately? I don't think it makes any difference to most of the community and the fans as long as the investment is there to create the best experience to build a world-class football stadium, whether that's owned privately or publicly, you ask your average fan, then I don't think they care. Would they rather a publicly owned stadium that is falling into disrepair and is uncommercial because it's had a lack of investment or privately owned that is the best in the country? Well, if I was a fan, I'd know how to answer that. Because I, I think the concern probably mostly comes from people who aren't Mariners yeah. supporters. They're rugby league fans. They're more they're more concerned that if it is owned privately, that Mariners games will be the only things there. But I assume that's not going to be the case. No, because I mean our, our our commitment is to bring in events of other sports and activities because as well. Because that's how we're going to make money. If, if 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 we knew that the only um, content and events that we could put into the stadium were Mariners matches, then it wouldn't be commercially viable. So our whole business model is about bringing other events in. And I think that's great for the community. You know, and that means rugby league as well. And it means other sports and it means concerts. And we believe we've got the ability to do that. Our initial discussions with a lot of different sporting bodies and companies have been incredibly positive. If it hadn't have been positive, we wouldn't be wasting our time today. And mm-hmm. that's what our model is. We have to bring in more events into Gosford and we all know what happens from that. It brings in a, more visitors, more tourists, everything flows from there and that's that's why this is such a great concept you see a lot of my favorite acts going straight from sydney up to newcastle and just mm. skip the coast yeah yeah so I'd, I'd love to see more events and yeah and you know stuff. and i go back to the, this is a fantastic stadium with an amazing potential it just hasn't been invested in and hasn't been invested from an infrastructure point of view but just as importantly it hasn't been invested from the point of view from a management point of view it's very you know, and, and this is not a criticism of councils but councils don't typically, you know, they're, they're not geared to running, um, you know, and sourcing events. And, you know, that, 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 that's not a council's expertise, is it? 
correct? Just a little bit of a change of pace, Mike, about the club itself. Can you give us an update on where the club currently sits financially, i.e. are we still in debt? Um, it's in debt to me. Um, you know, and, I, and Sean could probably answer that, but you know, I, I don't think we're in debt to anybody else. No, no, no. no. Yeah, like so, there's no <laughs> big outstanding bills so, or anything so, like that. Certainly so, nothing so, outstanding. Yeah. Look, the, the, nice the club change. is sustainable. Yeah, yeah, the club so. will lose money this year, um, still, but every year it's getting better. Um, we're still waiting for um, what the FFA will pay us for next season, and I think that's obviously what we've been hanging out for for a long time. Uh, it's disappointing that. Um, that we don't know what that is, and that's really, um, uh, you know, creating issues for us in terms of budgeting for next year because we don't know what we're going to get. But that's the same for all the clubs as well. But look, you know, year on year over the last three years, we, we we've consistently got better, and I think that Sean's been in this job for two years now, and um, you know, we're really starting to see the the rewards for his hard work and experience it's starting to come through. And so you're satisfied that, that the progress that we've made is leading us to an end game that is we are sustainable and maybe oh, even no, profitable? No, not, not just sustainable, but the biggest club in the country. I don't want a sustainable club that's struggling because we're the smallest club because of our population base, which we are. Let's be frank about this. And so we, we've always gone out there to try and look for other revenue streams through the Centre of Excellence here, building some great facilities here, um, and now the stadium. And I foresee a day, hopefully not too far away, where we've got the best training facilities. We've got the international teams coming up and staying in the hotel here, training on our pitches, um, and that, that, that we're managing the stadium or owning that stadium. And why not? And once we've got that, we are the biggest club in the country. And so we're not sort of struggling... and. But, you know, I, I think you get into the point across the whole league now, um, and not just with the Mariners, that the league loses, you know, has lost circa $20 million a year on average. So that means that the owners are funding that $20 million. And I think it's coming to the point whereby that patience is running very, very thin. You know, the, um, the piggy bank is running out <laughs> of patience. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what sort of we're at the crossroads to a certain extent whereby clubs are not going to owners are not going to continue funding a product that uh, unless they see a clear vision and a few you know a clear future now what we're doing here locally you know we're looking after ourselves but um, we're also looking to the FFA or whoever eventually runs this league um, for the right direction as well which you know hopefully will be very very positive um, following on from the, the debt question, um, we heard news last year that we were a chance of breaking even. Um, how come this didn't happen? And I'll throw in another question. What is the biggest uh, contributing factor um, for costs? I think that, that, that I can answer that very very honestly and transparently in, in that um, uh, why we're below budget is because we're budgeting to sell one player this year and we haven't. Right, okay. Yeah. And that's disappointing. And that's the first year that that's, you know, hasn't happened <laughs> for a long time. And so, you know, that, that's a whole different subject. But we have budgeted for that and, and that hasn't materialized. So that's the reason why we're going to lose, um, lose money this year. Uh, at the f- 
for oh no, you already just asked that. Um, how much will the new TV deal help the club financially? Obviously, just sort of touched on it, and that we're waiting. I feel like this is going to be like winding up a jack in the box and then letting it go. Um, but what is? Have you heard any news on that? And because it seems like everybody's just sort of. Well, I'll let Sean answer that first, and then um, and, 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 and then I'll come in with my bit. Oh, well, the simple fact is, is we don't know. Um, you know, so the uh, uh, the FFA are waiting to secure their free to air component before confirming what the grant is. Is there any idea how much that'll be at the moment? Uh, well, there's a um, there's a safety net that's uh, that, that's in there around. Uh, Two million dollars worth uh, total. If if it doesn't um, sell by May thirty one, um, so that's been guaranteed by Fox. So it's actually Fox putting that in there. So that's what we do know. Um, and so the uh, but all the stations are waiting for the big bash rights to to come to come into fruition to see what's left after um, that. So so we are really in some aspects waiting for that to to complete um, and where it goes from there. So the fact that yeah, there's a uh, there's already a small amount out there. Means that um, it's it's difficult to see a to to see a, a big bonanza coming. The FFA are hopeful uh, that it will, but will only time will tell. Uh, but we still got to probably wait till about mid April till we get any clarity there. How frustrating is it for you as an owner, Mike, to basically be sitting on your hands and waiting to hear from the FFA? Look, the. The, the, the broadcast deal that you know they've spent three years negotiating was a fantastic deal. Unfortunately, it's a fantastic deal for Fox Sports and not necessarily for the FFA and the clubs. Um, that's my opinion, by the way. Um, is it frustrating? Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. But um, we've waited three years for this, and so if we're going to take a couple more months. It's, it's, it's neither here or there, quite frankly. You know, I think what's more interesting is going to be the reaction of the clubs and what we do if we don't get a fair deal. And have that's that's what's, what's far more interesting. Have you spoken to other owners about this? And yeah, every are day. they in the same boat? It's maybe worth telling them about the um, the AFCA set up. Yeah, the you know, I mean, we, 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 we've um, we've uh, uh, the clubs have. I, I attended, uh, just to go back a little bit, I attended what's called the World League Forum in Frankfurt last year representing the A-League clubs. And so what the A-League clubs had done last November, in fact, is formed um, the Australasian Professional Football Club Association. So for the first time in 11 years, we're now speaking with one voice. And I think that that's very important. Um, you know, we're a professional organization. We operate professionally. We've got a constitution. And we are now, you know, maybe as of today or tomorrow, members of the World League Forum. And so, um, you know, we're acting professionally for the growth of the game, for the interests of the A-League, obviously the clubs. And um, we're pushing in the right direction. That hasn't happened in 11 years. And I think the perception over the last 11 years has been varied in terms of uh, the management capabilities of some of the A-League clubs, of our ability to, to, to operate professionally. And I don't think that's coming into question. There's a greater level of professionalism and drive, and now we're operating um, as one. And I think it'll be really interesting to see where this lands in the course of the next few months. And I think that, well, I know that we as an organization are waiting to see what the FFA 
are going to offer us. And like I said a minute ago, well, if that's substantially lower than what we believe is right, then it'll be interesting times. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, you know, I was speaking to Mike earlier. the 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 reality here is is if the money does come, then this is what we've been talking about in the game in Australia for so long. It becomes a, a top down approach. Yeah, we we go to the community. Yeah, with with the ability to actually deliver. Um, like the other codes can do, rather than going to the community hoping for their support and yeah, and, and hoping that they can you know, attend matches and, and dip into their pocket and, and, and pay the regos and, and do all those sort of things. So it's a really big opportunity here that, um, um, that, that I'd, I'd hate to see missed. So what can the clubs do as a, as a single entity to try and get more from the FFA? Well, if they act collect- collectively... You know, we, 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 we've got to get to the point whereby we're, we're, is, we're more professional, quite frankly, than the FFA. Right. That we've got, you know, we have resource, we have knowledge, we have funding, we have motivation. And, and I'm not saying that the FFA don't have that. Of course they do. Then they've got some very good people working in there. But we're driving this business. We're the clubs. We're out there marketing it, yeah. employing the, the, the players, employing the staff, driving on a day-to-day basis. The Football Association isn't. Um, and I think that the more power and the more autonomy that they give us, the more that we will realize the potential of football in this country. Yeah, fair you enough. You know, to, to, to me, it's you know, the current structure is just fundamentally flawed. It really is because it's almost like a sort of a... Cause I see the clubs as a selling point and then the FFA, you know, I remember going back seasons ago and they hardly ever advertised anything at all. Which just led to you know struggling attendances and it's just you've got to you've got to engage the people with the with with, with the money. That's ultimately what comes. Unfortunately, football is about money. It is a business, and the more money that we get as a club, hence the center of excellence in the stadium, the better the product that we can provide. Now, if you've got a league whereby every club has got a marquee, a branded marquee player then that will create and stimulate huge interest. If you've got a branded pundit promoting it every game, so if Fox Sports Today had a branded, you know, well-respected, um, you know, ex-international world-class player selling the virtues of the A-League, you know, in comparison to other leagues in the round, suddenly it takes off. And this is the kind of thing that we should be doing as a league and, and this is the sort of thing that the owners can drive because there's a lot of resource within the owners today. I mean only look at the City Football Group for starters. You know, <laughs> there's a lot more resource amongst the owners, a lot more passion than perhaps is expected. So they shouldn't be putting us down. They should actually be working with us. And you know, I, I, I look at one one of the best examples around the world of this is is you know, and it's a real success story is the MLS. And I've talking to the guys over there. I've been over to New York, and they kept saying the same thing: "We are business partners in this together, apart from weekends." <laughs> and and um, <laughs> and it's true, and th- and that's where we've got to. You know, we we have a a product where we got a huge amount of competition in 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 Australia, probably the most competitive sporting environment in the world, I think. And so you know, and this is very mature, good professional competition. So we've got to compete with that. So why not use the resource of people, um, you know, around the world? And actually, I'll just give you one very good example. And this didn't come from me. This came from FIFA. Okay, it's a great story. Someone in FIFA said to me, you guys 
down in Australia, you don't realize your potential on the world stage. I said, what's that? He says, you can own the TV space, which obviously drives this industry now, on a Saturday and Sunday morning in Europe. So when the kids are waking up on Saturday, Sunday, they want to switch the telly on, um, they can watch you know, live football at a good standard, which it is, it is a good standard, um, and getting better, you know, and you throw in a bit of stardust there, a few sort of professional players that these kids would know, you know, that perhaps played for some of the, the top teams in, in previous years. You've got the great opportunity to owning that space across Europe on a Saturday and Sunday morning. You're sitting on a gold mine which you can't exploit because you don't have the resource to do that, right? And that's just one example of the potential of football in Australia from a commercial point of view. It's not being realized. But they don't even realize. I didn't realize that. I didn't even think of that. Well, there you go. It, 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 it just needs, you know, and, and because amongst the owners, we are dispersed in different countries. And, you know, I, I look at the City Football Group. There's no one better resourced than that. Now, they've invested in this country. They've invested in, in the A-League. Well, they've done that because they see a long-term future. I see a fantastic future for, for Aussie football. But you need to harness the people and the resource a little bit better than what's happened in the last few years. And that's why, fundamentally, I think the structure today is, is, is antiquated and needs to change. Couldn't agree more. It's a bit topical at the moment, <laughs> isn't it? We've got some news at the moment about um, uh, FFA being uh, with FIFA, talking about uh, the method of democracy, if you want to call it that, in yeah. the FFA. And uh, so... Do you think that you're making progress there, or are you yeah, really just really just putting the first bricks in Korean there? democracy? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you know, I, FIFA have been very clear in terms of change to the structure in in Australia. I think what's more interesting in terms of what level of change that's going to be. Um, you know, I, I think that the FFA board look at things slightly differently to what FIFA does and to the rest of the world. But, you know, just to give you some comparison, we're the only, you know, let, let's call it major in the top 20 leagues in the world that is still run by the Football Federation. There's a huge conflict of interest. And if you look at, um, I know it's, 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 it, it's not the best comparison in the world, but you just look at what happened 25 years ago when in England the clubs got together. They cut their own broadcast deal. They knew that the revenue would increase substantially because the money would flow directly to them rather than through the Football Association. And the rest is history. The EPL was formed, and overnight they had a different product. And a different product was because they were better funded, and so they could buy, um, you know, and create better facilities and better players. And and it, if it wasn't for that, the EPL, you know, or English football wouldn't be where it is today, nowhere near. Mm. You know, you'd be like other European leagues. And so, look, it can be done. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good comparison on a commercial scale because we're nowhere there. But, but from a conceptual point of view, it's not much different. Uh, just shifting back to, to us and uh, our interests, um, I think a lot of our fans are still not happy with how we move games away from home. But obviously, all of us in the room understand it's for financial reasons. Um, if the is is there going to be an FFA grant for in the next uh, in the next year, and could this mean we could play all games at Central Coast Stadium? Well, yeah, absolutely. If it's you know financially, uh, if we've got the management rights, we're running the venue. The best way for us to um, you know, generate revenue under the management rights is by holding more events. 
then um, then then yeah, we can tick a tick quite a few boxes uh, that that that's there. So um, I mean, yeah, what next season looks like, we don't know. Um, it'll definitely be a um, an intriguing uh, weekend coming up. But um, but yeah, every, every season the draw is done. Uh, or sorry, our request uh, that, that goes through to the FFA in the draw is, is done with the uh, with the best of intentions to make sure that the club maximises um, its its resources out of that. And um, what we definitely know is, is next season we we want to continue to do the Newcastle reciprocal uh, deal, which is good. And um, and apart from that, apart from saying that we're going to make sure that we get New Year's Eve back, I, I, I really really. Don't know. How much notice do you think the cl- uh, the FFA give of your requests? Actually, can I ask, what do you request? What type of games do you request? So we get three requests. We used to get five, but they now give us three. So is that they, every club? Yeah, every us? every club. No, no, no. Every, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Actually. Whatever club Bobby Slater does. Actually, like. I, I can say <laughs> when I was at the Wanderers, we had five requests, and when I came to the Mariners, we had three. I don't know if it's. I'd be asking questions. Uh, but, people, uh, Sean. Uh, but yeah, we 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 uh, go through a process and we submit. Uh, the intention of the FFA is to deliver on a minimum of two of the three requests uh, as the draw comes in. They have a program when they dump in, they lock in all the uh, all, all the um, derbies to make sure that they sit the key time slots that they are contractually obliged with Fox. Then they'll punch in. Um, yeah, key dates uh, uh, that uh, that need to happen for the clubs, and then see how it starts to fall together. So, so for us, uh, the the number one pick every year is is New Year's Eve. Uh, might get confident one time that we decide to maybe not put it in there, but it's a risky game to play. Uh, that's there that um, I, I believe has failed in the past. So, so the first one is always going to be. Uh, is that why New we didn't Eve. have a New Year's game? Uh, I'm led to believe that it had something to do with Asian Champions League and some scheduling that I've looked back and thought, you know what, we just needed to fight harder. Um, but um, but I don't know, that was before my time perhaps. But um, but yeah, so, so game one will be New Year's Eve to make sure that that's in there. And then we have a look at the way the draw, so that will give us a bit of a map as to who we're likely to play when. And if there's a key Australia Day type match that might really pique an interest, or you know something around Easter, or, or we we really try to find where are the big bangs that that have got to come through. Knowing the next season we're going to have two Sydney, two Wanderers, two Newcastle uh, matches that we're hosting, where they get scheduled and where they where they slot in becomes really integral. So how you uh, how you use those three picks is is, is crucial. Uh, then after that you can nominate. Um, uh, regional venues, uh, you can you can nominate two. Uh, I believe you can get more because Wellington have done it, uh, but it's just not on the form. Uh, but if you don't appoint one of your uh, picks to your regional one, then it's a total luck of the draw, or you try to just lobby, you know, behind the scenes to try to get it. So, um, so for us this season, we did put the um, uh, the Remembrance Day request in uh, for the. Uh, we actually went for the eleventh, didn't get the eleventh, and got the twelfth. Um, and, and that was uh, that was a key part to us securing the funding uh, from ACT government. So just sticking with the Canberra theme, um, how supportive have Canberra been um, with this particular visit, Mariners in Canberra? Um, is it just that they've been supportive of the game that they invested their money in or are they supportive of the Mariners coming back? Do you think there's any support there? Is there a future for the Mariners in Canberra concept? Um, I think where there is support is in the business community, no doubt. Um, Ivan Slavich has, has, has done a fantastic job and um, 
uh, we just sort of you know, showed, showed some numbers through to Mike, and there's been some really good um, you know, corporate support, you know, match day sponsors yeah, there and, and, the, and the corporate and the business community and the, you know, the Capital Coast members group that's down there. Um, they've, they've, they've gone good. Like, that, that has been good. Um, it, however, yeah, it's, it's difficult for me to, to clearly identify um, strong support yeah, uh, from, from some other areas. So say if uh, next season we haven't got the management rights yet for the ground, um, the the FFA grant is a big number, hopefully. Is there a chance that we don't have to move any games at all because we can cover the losses because the TV grant is big enough? Uh, well, you still you still make business decisions. So even though you might have a lot of money in the bank, doesn't mean you necessarily still need to, to waste waste money. So so if, if yeah, if, if we're looking at a back-to-back... Um, it would be impossible for me to recommend if we were, if we had a Saturday game against the Wanderers and then a Thursday night against you know, someone else. It'd be impossible for me to recommend that this is a smart business decision not to take that much to Dubbo. Um, you know, so so yeah, we had a look at Dubbo last time. I know there's still interest from Dubbo. I generally believe that there's an opportunity there. Um, so rather than walk into something that you know this is going to lose us money, uh, regardless of the fact that you, you, you the, the the total club uh, may be different. Um, but I suppose you know, it, it probably changes a scenario around um, just totally doing a doing a doing a doing a punt like we've got with this Canberra game. Yeah. So so whereas whereas this Canberra game uh, was was a bit more of a toss of the coin because we were needing we we were never going to lose a lot of money. We really need to do everything that we possibly can not to lose it. I mean, you, you could probably play a safer uh, decision on that, but. We're dealing in hypotheticals now, so so there's lots of moving parts here, so it's really hard to, to accurately comment. Uh, Mike, you mentioned that uh, we work within the constraints of the FFA salary cap. We're currently uh, spending the floor of that cap and have done for some time now. When can we look at, you know, some fans, well, a lot of fans, their minimum requirement is spending, you know, the entire cap. When can we look at doing that again? When we can afford to, and that means, you know... Look, Sean was just saying we we need to, we need to create revenue streams, yeah, and, and and if that's through the, the, the center of excellence, if it's through the um, uh, you know management rights to the stadium or or through whatever, as soon as we're financially viable to be able to do that, we'll be doing it. But you know we're still losing money this year, and so we've got to be savvy about this, and um, we've got to understand that. Um, that we we've we've got to make it we've got to look after ourselves and so yeah, as, as soon as we can afford it then you know you, people have got to understand is that we don't make a profit we'll probably never make a profit the football club's best case scenario is break even in all reality so all the money that we make you know if it's making some money out of canberra for example then that goes back into the club and so you know i can't answer your question accurately because i don't really know but it's dependent on on other areas of the business, and, and obviously the the stadium is a topical one because we believe that that can be some um, you know a real winner for us, and so you know if we can get that, that gives us the real confidence to be able to you know in, invest a lot more. I think I think you know it gives me more confidence as well because from a personal point of view, I'm I'm, I'm sitting in London and you, you're running a a football club and. You know, it's losing or has been losing two million a year. You know, and now we'll lose less than a million dollars this year, and that's 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 all well and good, but it's only so much fun. 
let me tell you. <laughs> and um, so, you, you know, you, 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 you've got to think that from a motivational point of view is that to be able to drive the business and the club on to become the biggest club in the country is really exciting. It's exciting for me. And so I'm more likely to invest in the business in terms of money and in terms of time and resource if you've got something to get your teeth stuck into. If we're sitting here today whereby there was no center of excellence, there was no opportunities around the stadium, there was no growth of the A-League, then, you know, it's unlikely I'd be here. But it's unlikely that anybody would be here. We all believe, all the owners and chairmen believe there's, good, there's a good future. I believe that the, the growth of the Mariners is big, potentially bigger than any other club because I think we're so far ahead of game in terms of our infrastructure. And um, that's why I'm really excited about it. But we've got to look after ourselves. Um, and yeah, you know. I, I reckon I could probably answer that. When it's the right business decision to do for the club... Um, and so, so when you talk about the difference you know, between the, the floor and the cap, you're, you're talking you know, the moment a bit shorter, 300 grand, and, and next year it's going to be a bit over. So you're really talking about two players. You know, and, uh, and so, so you know, if you give it a direct translation, it's, it's, you, know, you, you could look at the, you know, two of our injured players that, um, that we'd hope for, to play for most of the season who, who haven't. Um, that's the sort of impact that, that it sort of, sort of puts on it. So, so by having those players in there, when it's the right business decision because the commercial surrounding the performance are going to be in excess of that amount of, uh, of money, I, I, I believe with every confidence that, that as a business you look at it and go, well, this is a smart investment. This is why the other clubs are doing it. So it's, it's not because they've got the money. It's because it helps them make the money. So, so that's that's the tipping point. That's why management rights becomes, you know, such a such a, a keen interest for us. With Melbourne Victory, by making sure that they spend on the, you know, if they, if they put money on onto the marquee, it's because they're going to want to return on that investment. So, so they need to make sure that the that that's going to going to convert. Uh, at the moment, those numbers don't don't stack up for us. Uh, but even when we come to to moments like now in the January transfer window, and we uh, we, we give ourselves a budget, we, we you know we're trying to deliver in that budget because we know that if we spend that amount, we get the type of player that we need to. You know, business wise, it'll actually increase the gate for the remaining you know, parts of the season. That that it, that it makes sense. So it's not it's not burning money. It's not wasting money in any aspect. Because if you were to if Mike was to say, Sean, here's three hundred thousand dollars right now. Go and spend it however you like. I probably would consider putting a roof over the Northern Terrace before putting it into a player. You put it into a player, and that, that money would be gone straight away. Yeah, and yeah, you might get a little bit little short-term spike. But what you would have with a roof over the over the North Terrace is everybody has a better experience. You're going to get better crowds for not just one season, but for the next five to six seasons. So, um, so I, I almost apologise to, to the listeners that it is such a cold business environment. But Mike said it before: football is 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 business, and um, and when it's the right business decision um, it, this will all echo so so they're all connected was I would love a roof <laughs> yes please <laughs> especially please. after the weekend that wasn't that wasn't enjoyable but having no roof on 30 plus degree days not fun not fun at all I didn't know I was in the hospital <laughs> with the air con um, was there any thought in your mind Mike that uh, maybe when results started to go downwards uh, after the championship year that um, maybe it might be an idea to try and slow down the losses to maybe have the on-field results less painful sort of 
in sort of instead of what happened last season. What you think we predict? We, did, did we go out there to finish no, thirteen points no. last year? That was going to be my next question. But. <laughs> you know, we, we 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 went in with the anticipation to get in the top six last season, and it didn't work out. Um, so you know, there's certainly no strategy about finishing bottom. It doesn't help our product and our, our, our brand and, and our revenue to finish bottom. Let me assure you. Um, but you know, in, in 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 saying that, from you know, it's kind of the business aspect of this is that um, you know I was really enthused about the the uh, the attendance of the weekend. It was bigger than I expected. So seven thousand two hundred mm. more. Um, and I think that just leaving aside the football performance, we're doing such a good job now off the pitch that people are starting to buy into that. And you couldn't have said that two years ago. And if you look back, sort of three, was it three years ago, four years ago now, won the title, then you know we weren't really prepared for that. We didn't know how to to capitalise on that success, and it was a financial disaster, absolute disaster. Because now that wouldn't happen again, you know, because now we've got much much better management in place. So when we do pick things up and, and we're competing and hopefully win the title in the next couple of years you know that then we're going to be able to take advantage of that but we didn't have the experience to be able to do it last time but we're learning and so when we come good you know we'll really come good so sean just mentioned that um the space between the floor which is what we're spending in the maximum of the cup is uh, is only maybe one or two players yeah um i guess most people would argue that two players don't make a whole team. So in your opinion, do you think that um, the reason for the poor results is more recruitment and has yeah, I, I, nothing I, to do with I, the cap? Yeah, you know, I, 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 th- I think that um, that recruitment is, is absolutely vital. I guess... You know and, 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 you know, and to be frank, you know, if we look back over the last three years, it probably hasn't been as good as it should have been. And, um, you know, that's a diplomatic answer, isn't it? Very, I'd say recruitment on and off the field, maybe. I think the recruitment off the field has been excellent. Now, yeah, yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. Has, the yeah. latest round, yes, but yes, just before that, no. Yeah, you know, we, we but we learned from our mistakes. We made mistakes, and we learned from them, and we moved on. And and you know, sometimes you you don't learn until you make a mistake. You learn more from failure. I think that this club has learned so much in the last two years through a struggling team than if we've been competing at the top, quite frankly. And, you know, I know Sean's got his sort of example of what's happened at Souths, you know, and, and, and the tough years that they had sort of 10 years ago has probably been partly responsible for the success that they've got today. And I think that's really interesting. And so you do. And I think that in life you learn a lot more from failure. You know, quite often you learn a lot more from failure than you do from success. And I think that, you know, we've hit rock bottom last season. We're picking up. It might not see it in everybody's eyes, but we are picking it. Certainly from the metrics around the club, the, the, the attendances, the atmosphere, the the office, everything is very, very positive and it's going in the right direction. And I think as soon as we see more on-field success, it will be like a juggernaut. Watching the team play this year is much more entertaining than it was last year. Last year was painful, to say the least. <laughs> So we're allowed to say entertaining football, are we? So no, no, we no. We should no. have banned that. <laughs> we should have banned that word. It's much more entertaining. Okay, much, okay. Yeah. Right, we'll just, just put a beep over that later. When <laughs> <we're close. laughs> it's much nicer. Yes. We, we, we've said engaging football. 
Okay. Engaging. Okay. Fair, fair enough. enough. <laughs> um, how have you assessed uh, Paolo's uh, head coaching role so far? He obviously, he came in with only, what, four weeks until the start of the season. He has a squad with players that he didn't sign. Obviously, next season he'll have money and he'll be able to sign his own players. Um, how have you assessed his performance so far? Oh, yeah, well, I suppose... Um I, I think the, everyone can see what he's what he's doing, and he's brought when we started the season. Um, yeah, I, I said if we finish the season and everyone sees where we're headed and buys into to what we're doing, um, then um, then that's a core ingredient that needs to happen, and, and, and I believe that that's happened. So the season's still the season's still not over. Um, so this weekend's really intriguing, um, but um, but I'm very confident that the foundations are in place, the the culture's yeah really strong and great. And so, um, so we can only. It's it's uh, it's hard not to you know, flag the positives, yeah, that are there. So he though is going. To, he's faced this year with largely the previous manager's signings, and and this is something we just touched on in the previous question that maybe we've made one or two mistakes in some of our off-field signings over the last few years. How do we make sure that the next uh, chapter, if you like, with Paolo's uh, contract coming to an end at a precarious time? So what we've got is uh, Paolo will get to select the team this year and I imagine Michael um, make money available for him to be able to re-sign or sign new players or whatever he does. So he'll start with a clean slate, but he's going to have to have his contract renewed before the end of that coming season isn't he so how do we how do we make sure we make the right decisions on the Paolo future thing so assess that he's he's not suitable for us or assess that he is suitable for us before our opposition competitors decide to sign him out from under us um, it's just a little bit of a precarious position because he's going to have maybe a couple of months worth of having hired his own players and put them on the paddock and we're already going to be starting to think about what to do about Paolo's own job yeah, like, I think that's way too early to be talking about that. I mean, there's, yeah, um, what I can say is, is, is Palo's unbelievably meticulous in, in the recruitment. Um, astoundingly so. I'm, I've, I've, I was saying to Mike driving here uh, how much of that I'd learned personally and, um, yeah, and, um, and how, how impressed I, I was with, um, with that level. That's, um, that was great. So, uh, but as far as, yeah, all those parts, that's, that's uh, again, that, that, that's still a long way to go. Uh, in all that, and um, and I think that there's a there's a good um, there's a good security in the club at the moment, knowing that um, that we actually don't have to have those discussions because we're all on the one journey together. Yeah, so. There's a good little insight there, though, because uh, uh, it's important that there are other things other than coaching the team on the paddock. Um, one of those is how he makes his signings. That's pretty important to fans as well. Another of those will be how he man manages, I suppose. There'll be lots of different parts to it. So good little insight there is, is that that's how you can already assess how his performance is, that you can, you can see the impact he's having. And there's no doubt that there's an impact that we can all see on the pitch. Um, has it converted to us winning as often as we wish? Not quite yet, but definitely an impact on how we play the game and, and that feels better as a Mariners fan. So... Um, but yeah, important, so important future. With the transfer window almost over, um, I guess we released a couple of players and we paid them out. I guess most fans were hoping that we would pick someone up and obviously Monty getting his Australian citizenship, a lot of people were hoping for a visa player. I guess one was the money available there for Paolo to spend in the window and two, has it just been a case of him being very particular about who he wants? Um Paolo has said that he won't bring anyone to the club 
um, that's um, that, that that isn't the right fit. Uh, that's there. And um, was the money there? Yes, there was money there. Uh, was there you know, oodles of money there to go get anyone? No, there wasn't. But um, but uh, uh, what I can say is is it was um, it was two a.m. in the morning, and you know, I was still you know, on the phone with Paolo, you know, trying to see what can happen. Uh, a, you know, the, the windows are closed at midnight last night. Uh, which was about 6 a.m. Uh, our time that, um, this morning, so so we did run out of time. Uh, that does set up for some really interesting recruitment moving forward. Um, but um, but whilst the the window closes at midnight tonight, and I keep looking at my phone, knowing that there are still conversations and something may fall from the sky. Uh, if it falls from the sky, we know it's going to work. So who's so, it going to be? So yeah, <laughs> but 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 you know, to be honest, it's probably not going to be anyone. Yeah, because because no one wants us to sign Malik Mane back. Yeah, you know? um, <laughs> and and that's that's what we've learned. You know, we we speak about the failures, and that's what we've learned that you know sometimes it is better to be patient. We wanted it. We'd hoped for it. Yeah, Mike was you know, driving us and pushing us um, yeah, um, to, to, to get there. Um, it's not over because there are plenty of uncontracted players that come out of the window space now as well. I think that's important too for people to remember that we still can sign yeah. uncontracted players. Yeah, that's whenever. right. So, um, and all the recruitment you know, uh, thought process has been about setting us up for next season in, in a big way. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Was there anyone close? Oh yeah, there was. There was some really close ones. There really was. Who were they? There were some heartbreak ones. So, um, if um, now I know the guys from Coast FM knew, so I heard it on their telecast. So, um, so, so there was a there was a player over in Holland who, um, yeah, the club was happy, we were happy, the agent was happy. Unfortunately, there was an injury last minute. Um, that's um, that uh, uh, in his position that then made the coach change his mind and decide to keep him. Uh, I'm not going to say it because I was it a purchase or a loan? Uh, that was a loan. That was a loan. So um, yeah, the player that needed to be loaned out, but that player is uh, is not contracted for next year. So, so potential we're ready for to, next year. We're yeah. already talking to him about next year. Yeah. So I think that I think that's the case. You know, I think we've been quite unfortunate in that. There's three or four players who have been very, very close to coming. but um, And those players have been very keen to come. But they've fallen down through one reason. There's, there's another, you know, which failed the, uh, yeah. failed the fitness test. And um, so, so it's, 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 it's more than likely, I would say, that, you know, we've got these players lined up unless we can get better players. But I think that these are quality players, and as Sean says, is that Paolo is so meticulous, he's so detailed, um, and the research that we now do into these players is that, that, that you know, we've, we've certainly mitigating our risk in terms of getting any donkeys again. <laughs> so it was Paolo that picked out that Dutch midfielder and was keen on him? Oh, yeah. yeah there's no there at all. The... The, 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 the network that Paolo has is, is far bigger than I've ever ever experienced. I don't mind a dodgy play every now and then. Gives us something to laugh about. Hey, we did try. We tried to get Akinfenwa. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we actually did. We, we genuinely. Yeah, that, anyway. that would have been good for marketing. So. Can we just have one dodgy player at a time? <laughs> yeah, we, sign Morrow up. <laughs> I'm available. No transfer fee. Uh, we know, Mike, that you're pretty interested in uh, regular marquee uh, players at our club, or at least you've, you've done that before, and, and we think you're interested in it. What do you see as the key purpose of bringing players like Lewis Garcia to the club? Do you think Lewis coming last year was successful? And when should we expect that kind of thing to occur again? Um, I think we need to be a, li- a little bit more strategic than last year. 
I think we learnt a lot from Lewis. Um, he was great in some areas and, and, and not as effective in others. So I think we've learnt a lot. Would we do it again? I think we would, but with, with, with a, lot more, um, a lot more planning to make sure that we have a fighting chance of getting a, uh, a better return, you know, on the pitch and off the pitch. So, yes, you know, and it's possible, you know, we, we, we've, we've just, you know, the insight, we started working a lot um, with one or two of the Indian clubs, for example. I don't know if you sort of followed the, the Indian Super League, but there's a lot of marquee players in the Super League there, and um, there's the potential of, of taking um, players more cost-effectively um, after their season finishes, which is you know, currently in, in December. Um, so that's just an idea that we've had, and we've been sort of working through discussions and, and talking about names, and um, and that's something that is, is certainly on the cards for next year. But if we're going to bring in a branded player, then it's got to be a real brand. And you know, you look at the effect of, for example, Del Pieri. Del Pieri, you know, hugely successful um, effect on the league, not just Sydney FC. You know, perhaps not so much on the pitch, but from a commercial point of view, and that's what I obviously look at. Paolo looks at things differently, obviously, so he should. But, um, you know, we've got to be, you know, if you're going to go down that road of a, of a commercial player, then it's got to be a brand that can really generate revenues. Would you, you know. look at FFA funding for that player, such as the Well, the, the, the current model is that they will help fund players, and, we, you know, we have been in discussions with them over the last... 12 months, several conversations in terms of what they would potentially pay if we brought in this player here. And, you know, in all fairness to them, they did help fund um, Lewis's um, um, costs last year. I think they paid for one month anyway. So, um, you know, that's better than nothing, isn't it? Was that the FFA or Westfield that did that? That was the FFA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they realised, I mean, the, the challenge that we have to a certain extent is that... It's like the Timmy Cahill effect, isn't it? I mean, um, okay, the City Football Group can probably afford it, but um, it, the, the effect that you're having by bringing in a big brand name that is actually affecting the, positively affecting the league. And so to a certain extent, the league should be funding it. Um, and um, so that's the sort of the big kind of question, and that's why I think we've got to really be working towards having a branded player in every club, and like I said, and a branded pundit as well. Who are you thinking for the branded pundit? <laughs> I can tell you who is not. <laughs> Who's not? Who is, who is it not? It's not Robbie Slater. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Mike Cockrell. I take it you've heard Slater's comments. Uh, I, I heard some of his comments. Is, is, is he still at it? Is he? It's not Mark Rudin. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think probably, he told you to probably put nobody up or shut currently up. employed by Fox. <laughs> Look, you know, quite frankly, you know, and Sean mentioned it earlier on. What about Luis Garcia? He's articulate, he's respected, and he's available. You know, why on earth they didn't take advantage of him last year? I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's a professional TV pundit for B in Sports, and mm. that's the kind of brand that is achievable you can get. And 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 let me tell you this: coming to work in Australia for a year or two is very appealing. <laughs> For people based in Europe, um, it's not a difficult sell. The climate, everything about Australia is not difficult, and so and and you know and and so it's very achievable. And I, and I think that this is the kind of thing that we should be talking about with 
whoever the management team of this league happens to be. And this is the kind of thing that can take it up a step level. Not one thing is going to make a, you know, a huge change, but we can start working on all these different initiatives and working towards an end goal that really drives football because we want to get to the stage as soon as possible that football is the biggest sport in this country. And you know that could be 20 years away, but we've got to start working on that now and doing, making some really good progress in that, in, in that direction. Um, does the Mariners Football Club help fund the academy or is the academy a separate self-sufficient entity? Um, funded by fees and sponsorship. And how does this then work with the NYL and PL players? Um, are they covered under the club or a different entity? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, and the, um, the reason it's a great question is because the dust is still settling in regards to that relationship between the NYL and NPL. Uh, the contracting of, of those players that crosses over is difficult and there's been a transition process. Um, so so the, the academy is... Uh, is in its is in its essence separate. Um, yeah, the football club is is losing money, so it's you know so it's, so it sets up a, a, as a separate entity that uh, they have their own sponsors and um, and, and is operated standalone. Um, that was that was the only way that we could actually do you know set up an academy. What uh, was under that structure, um, and so um, so the NPL component. Uh, sits yeah sits under uh, under Benny Khan and and Ken Shembury, whereas the NYL um, yeah is is Benny Khan sort of yeah coming through into into Palo, but um, but we are we are twelve months into into that structure, so um, so so that can dramatically change quickly, and also for us in particular the W League opportunity um, yeah we'll, we'll get us to, to totally revisit and, and relook at how that's how that's working so. There are some people around that do question the amount of money that you've put into the Centre of Excellence. Obviously, many people know that it's a lot. Um, There was a $10 million government grant that was um, given to the Centre of Excellence. Um, Can you give us a broad idea of where that money went as opposed to your investment? So did that go... Well, you know, that that, that went into um, helping build the... uh, Aquatic Centre and building the five-a-side centre, yep. so that's where you know. But that, that, that you know, that they're they're not fundamentally big revenue generators, um, and so that's where they tell ten million dollars. So it was a total of eleven million dollars in government funding, and that went into went into that. Um, we seem to think there might be a stumbling block with the next uh, stage of the Centre of Excellence being built in regards to another entry point for the. Uh, for the Centre of Excellence. This again involves going through the council. Can you give us an update on how things are moving in, in that direction? Yeah, so I suppose the um, the master plan and, and things that are mapped out here are far more progressed um, than, um, than, than obviously with the stadium because they've been in place for a while. You are correct that's, um, that for the hotel, for the big stage, we can do a little bit now, um, but it's a matter of doing the right things. But for the, for the big stages to come through, um, there, there needs to be a, a, another entry point um, and then, um, and then how that gets delivered, yeah, dealing with RMS on the roads is um, is definitely outside of my world of remit. So, um, so there's um, there's some experts that have uh, been brought in for those who saw some of the artwork. You saw their companies listed down the bottom. Uh, that was there. They're, they're the gurus and the experts, um, you know, uh, leading that conversation. But we do see and buying. Um, I hear that uh, stuff had started today in the um, in the regional facility just up at Lakes Road here. So we see a very strong uh, rationale in regards to putting a Maramba Road connection point uh, through, which uh, which would 
uh, open up this site definitely. Is that but, ten football pitches? I think isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, there's ten up there. That's right. Yeah. So and then along Maramba Road, you know, there's um, there's opportunities for, uh, for for more to come through. And so of interest uh, for for those that are out there, that does create a, the um, the potential for for Tugra Football Club to um to, to have some pitches back. They're, they're they're not able to to get any of the ten that's up there. So that's why part of that Maramba Road, there's an opportunity for a community club, you know, who who I believe is is struggling at the moment to to return home. And I think that that's something. That, um, that that everybody should be aware of. So those ten that are going up there are going to be councils. Yes, and they'll be leased out to, or they'll be just like like an events like like big you know um, you know, uh, touch footy carnivals and right. yeah yeah that sort of stuff. So, so there so won't be a weekend sport there. No, no, they're, they're they're not they're not allocating it to a club. So Tuggery United can't um, can't set up set up no, their home base there. No. Right. Okay. So will the Mariners look at putting some fields up there as well? Uh, yes, yeah, so so um, in if there's a Maramba Road uh, connection point that comes through yep. uh, between here and there, uh, there's lease of land, and, and in particular for our academy to have some academy fields would be really important. Yeah. Excellent. Um, while we're still on the field side of things, um, when the plans first came out for the Centre of Excellence, we saw a grandstand shown on the plans. Is that still in the works, or is that knocked on the head? Yeah, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely still there. It's it's definitely one of the later stages because you 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 really need to get the uh, the holes uh, precinct up and running and humming. But you saw, well, you know, the great thing was the NYL uh, match that we had. Mm. We had the small one in there, it filled straight away. Uh, I, yeah, I almost wish Mike had, Mike had seen it, but uh, WLE could definitely uh, impact our decision making around there about the timelines. How many seater um, was that? Just Two and a half thousand. Oh, the one that we had, yeah. or, or so, so the one that we had, I think it was only about a hundred people. Uh, but the one that was in the plan was for two and a half thousand uh, to, to to come across the top there. So uh, you put that in, you can have a decent event. But mm. I suppose before you do that, you'd be looking at a better quality pitch. Yeah, um, that's the priority. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say the pitch is not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it started off well and then it went downhill. Yeah, it from there. Mine subsidence. Yeah. yeah. Do you giant rabbit holes? <laughs> Do you have a time frame, Mike, for when you want the the whole centre of excellence done? As soon as possible, absolutely. So, yeah. is it basically just now that council again sort of stalling, um, stalling things a little oh, bit? Yeah. I wouldn't use the word stalling. No, no, it's you difficult know? for them. Like, like what we're what we're asking them to do there is 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 right a road. Like the Marimba Road goes down, uh, but we needed to go all the way. So, so the road doesn't actually isn't on the map. So, so. Um, so, so they've got to go through that process. They've, you know, it's 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 not a, it's not it's not Mike's land, or it's it's yeah. So, so it's their own land that we need to to convince them in there. So, I wouldn't say it's not a stalling thing. It's for them to really understand all the different layers behind that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like Sean said, to, to, to do to get to the to, to the finished article, we need to be, you know, we, we need the council to come on board there. But what we can do is push ahead, and we've had some good meetings the last couple of days here in terms of completing other aspects of the Centre of Excellence. And so I think it'll continue to grow. I think it's just, you know, we'll get to the point sort of in the next three or four years whereby, it, you know, it, it'll be a fantastic facility for everybody. There'll be a lot more here. Um, and, you know, but it is very, very important that we get the, the training pitches to international standard because they are substandard today can i ask you one more question because i believe you've got to go yeah we've got to go yeah okay uh what do you see uh as your own future involvement with the mariners like how long into the future do you see yourself involved well 
You know, r- right now I'm enthused about the project. I think it's really interesting, and you know, and I think that w- once I get to the point whereby I can't really add any more value, or somebody else can come in that can really take it to the next stage, then it's time to move on. Everybody moves on at some stage, and so, but I don't think the timing is quite there yet because at this point in time, this club will not attract the sort of investment that you want, and so. When I do move on, I want to leave this in the hands of somebody, you know, or something, you know, and that could be a big club like, you know, what they did in, Ma- in Melbourne or somebody that's, you know, prepared to take it to the next level. I want to leave it in the right hands. And we're not at that level yet because those type of people don't want to invest in this. But if we're the, you know, we've got the best training facilities, we own the stadium, you know, um, we're one of the bigger clubs, we're on Sydney's doorstep. You know, that's what's going to attract the interest from the sort of people that we want to invest in this eventually, you know. And and I know firsthand, you know, no one has ever put any money forward. So I know how difficult that is. But I also know that once we've got fantastic facilities here at the stadium and, and elsewhere, that's going to be so much easier. But what's really important is that the next owner that comes in is the right one. Okay. Thank you very much to Sean and Mike yeah, for thanks. joining us. Um, really appreciate the time. It's been over an hour, so thank you very much, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. And now it's time for Stupid Things on Facebook. We've got one from a Willis. Hopefully we can start playing before the other team scores a goal. Not likely though. And if we do score first, I guarantee we will let the opposition level it immediately after. This is Mariner's signature moves and why we are where we are. Well... Take your L, buddy, and move on. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting in the cheering section of the Mariners, and some of the chants they say are humiliating and embarrassing for not only a Mariners supporter, but a coastie. If I made chants like that at my children's game, I would be asked to leave. The same should apply at these games. No matter where the Mariners sit on the ladder or who they play against, Sad face, thumbs down. <laughs> Get the fuck out of the active bay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's the cheering section. Cheering section, my ass. The cheer squad. Here's one from Carswell. We need bigger goals at their end. <laughs> <laughs> that would only work for half a game, though. We could switch them at half time. <laughs> We'll send out some volunteers. No one will know. We need bigger goals. Just in one half. their oh. end. At their end. <laughs> you want us to concede more? Idiots. It's not that many words, but it's hard to process. <laughs> we need bigger goals at their end. <sighs> Just at their end. At their end is in their, their goals. The goals I have to defend are bigger. Mm. 
but we're not going to be doing some groundskeeping at half time and switch the goals. Mm. Now the groundskeeper's gone. No, no one will see it. No one will know. We have to do is just like drag a sauce bottle up in front of your girl. Mm. I demand bigger sauce bottles. Mm. Anyway, right, we've got one from Edward. Edward? Edward. Wow. He's, he's got an umlaut over the A, so I don't know. It's could be Edward. Well, it could be German, so Edward. Edward. Here is everything you need to know. Colon. The Mariners suck. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Buy some players. Are you sure that's not from Eddie? Visionary, really, isn't it? No, he hasn't used dots. He's used exclamation marks. Oh, close. It's too advanced for Eddie. Tricky. He doesn't know how to use shift. (laughs) (laughs) Here's one from Pac-Man. I don't think Reddy made contact. But the remonstrating by Montgomery to the ref was totally beyond the pale. Is that like a bucket? <laughs> I don't oh, know what I, game well, are you are we, watching. Are we watching the same game? <laughs> it's just anyway. because of the way Trent fell. Because Trent's a pretty honest player and he'll only go down if he's legit kicked. But like the way he fell down, I could see why people think he died. But it wasn't a dive. Yes. Anyway, that's stupid things on Facebook. So there was some I'm, try- I'm trying to like explain it to someone that probably can't spell and doesn't have an education. So delete. Anyway, <laughs> right. Um, Gianni Stesnes made the Young Socceroos um, training squad. Uh, Very 24 good. players down at the AIS. So congratulations to him. This is good timing because we were giving him reps uh, when we spoke to Benny last week. So yeah, I'm stoked for it. Uh, Trent and Liam made the squad as well. And Beza. Mm-hmm. Very good. And Benny was talking about how... It's two different squads, actually, to be clear. But Benny was talking about how Gianni, um, you know, maybe needed to convince his parents that uh, elite football was for him and uh, mm. this, this can't do any harm, can it? That's very good. Mm. It's either elite education or elite football. Let's mm. hopefully can do a bit of both. both. <laughs> yeah. Very smart, very good Oh, speaking <laughs> of leaving to do education, do we want to talk about this? Uh, you haven't what what certain goalkeeper? You got to say it first. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Mike? I know what you're talking about. Right, we yeah. had we had a goalkeeper leave our ranks, and he told us well, didn't tell us like we didn't talk to him, but he told the club the club that it was for educational purposes. Luke, you give me a worried look. What's that about? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um and. We turn up on the weekend and there he is, playing for Sydney, sitting on the bench for the Youth League. Yeah, it's Hewitt Bell, if you haven't caught on yet. Um, we don't yeah. really know who said what. We only know that the club... No, we don't know who said what, but I know that a couple of people uh, weren't too impressed. So You and I, for starters. Well, yeah, you know, it's I don't, it's it's more annoying because he's a bloody good keeper. Yeah, that's That's, that's, that's why. Good enough that we'd signed him on an A-League contract and we've now, you know, yeah. cut that. Yeah, you know, and I don't know, it's it's hard to see where he would have fit. We would have we, we gone through this whole season with Izzo and Hewitt on the bench? I don't know. Then we've got Adam Pearce. That's three very young, inexperienced goalkeepers. But then you could argue that uh, what's the point in having Ivan here, really? Um, so, yeah, it's just sort of annoying. It wasn't playing for him. He was on the bench. So I don't know what's going on, whether he's just... 
getting back into it or not, but it is kind of frustrating. Anyway. Um, and Trent Sainsbury has gone on a loan move to Internationale. That's Milan. huge. It's massive. One of our former Sounds players going to a massive club is very good. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that... He's I not going to play. I don't think he's going to play. No. I still think it's a good experience for him, but... It is. They're pulling a massive Swifty because they've changed the visa rules in China and they're basically just trying to get rid of a foreigner. Yeah. And for anyone that isn't aware, Inter and Jiangsu, is that how you say it? Jiangsu? Jiangsu, yeah. I don't know. Close enough. Um, they're, they're owned by the same person or the same Chinese company or whatever. So um, they're effectively pulling a Swifty to get one foreigner out of the club to abide by the rules. In. Yeah. And apparently uh, one of the Inter defenders is going to Hull, supposedly. Yeah, so that's he, that happened. Yeah. That went through. So he might get some game time, but I, I think he's still going to be third choice, maybe. But for third his sake, fourth. I hope he does. Because Let's hope for injuries. He's better off <laughs> not playing in Italy than not, not playing him. in China. Yeah, not, not to Trent, of course. Just, it, yeah. just if, he wants to, if he wants some ideas of how to do it, just give... Just give He's the centre backs, you're like a dodgy, dodgy lasagna or something. Yeah, it worked once, could work again. Such an Arsenal trick. <laughs> and Matty Ryan as well. We got to win somehow. Huh? Matty Ryan's gone on loan to Genk. Genk, which is pretty. Yeah, he's gone back. I think back to Belgium. Been, it's been a nightmare at Valencia. Um, sort of results and well, I think they've had like four managers. I think in so many year. managers. It's a ridiculous amount of managers. Yeah, I thought it was actually six. In one of the reports. Probably. Yeah, Six like managers that. since he started there. Yeah, so he just hasn't been able to get back into the team. Um, Gary Neville was a disaster. Yeah, he was. That did not work out for him. He was we, a bad coach too. We don't need our number one goalkeeper not playing, so hopefully we'll get some good games on yeah. get him back in Belgium. Anyway, previews. This weekend we have Brisbane Raw at home against Sydney. Big game. Uh, Sydney. Obviously, obviously Brisbane played last night and beat uh, Philippine Philippines team 6-0 that were... Yeah, my pretty, they were pretty. They were pretty much amateurs. My all age three side could have beat them. Barolo scored four. Yeah, but back to that game, they rested pretty much their A League squad. And it was essentially a youth side. Like and Mac- they still Mackay played Barolo, uh, Barolo, and the rest of it was all Corey Brown. Corey Brown played, and the rest yeah. of it was all youth. But um, oh, it you just can't tip against Sydney at the moment, can you? Yeah. which sucks. But as much as I want I'd to say. Sydney to win. Yeah, they accounted for Brisbane last time, despite the loss of Brosk in that match, and uh, they were a long way better than Brisbane. I don't think Brisbane are really in this. Sorry. No, I can see Sydney winning this. Sydney. Right, the first game triple header on Saturday. By the way, uh, Wellington at home against Wanderers. Oh, <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> Who made that noise? <laughs> Meow. Who was that? Was that oh, you? It was me. I was like, oh, decent game. Good Lord, deep, deep in thought. Oh. I thought you saw someone walk past the window um, there for a second. Yeah, I saw Charlesworth. Oh. <laughs> He's still in the building, so we have to be careful. Um, um, what that, that noise was a, oh, that'll be a decent game sort of noise. Uh, I think it will. It's draw. I'm going to go draw. It keeps on happening, but there's these games that are being played that keep on affecting us, even though we're not playing. So I'm going to go for the draw because either team getting further away is pretty not, much not not good. Pretty much what so. I thought as well because it's what sixth versus eighth. Mm. Actually, all, all the games this weekend are massive. It's essentially uh, it's not it's not one v two, but it's like one v three and stuff like that. And, the, and then the the derby as yeah, well. Ninth v tenth, sixth v eighth. The derby. The derby second versus fourth. 
Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of big games this weekend. Wellington for me. I'm going with Wellington. Just go draw. Western, I just can't find any reason go to draw, Western suits Sydney. Us. Go draw, it suits us. Wellington had nothing to really like about them. Adelaide with a better side in a draw last week. So but blame it on the heat. Yeah, maybe, but uh, there will be, be no problems with heat in Wellington. They're going to be they're going to be back in Wellington playing in, playing in 15 degrees, <laughs> so it should be all right. What about so, the Wanderers signing Ryan Griffiths? Oh, good Lord. That's... Lord Almighty. Hang on just a that second. That was another thing. No, I've no, got, I've got no, no messages, messages for Aaron. No. no, old people. That is um, a really strange signing. That's a really that's he a did bad talk signing. about his age in his interview. He, he mentioned did. that he goes, people only look at the age; they don't look at what they've done recently at the clubs where they've been. But yeah, but he's done fuck all recently. Yeah, exactly. Recently, <laughs> I know, which is which. What I thought was he came funny. from bloody Hong Kong for crying out loud. Like, I'll be surprised uh, if he does anything. For doesn't them. help with he, the last name. He's not going to start, is he? Probably. Wasn't he last? Pl- oh. Didn't he last play with Adelaide or Newcastle? When he was here, I think he played. F- I think four games might even be wrong for Adelaide, and then he pissed off again. Yeah, and he wasn't really that good for Adelaide. No, he I was didn't. rubbish. So you know, he's now two years he, old. Even in his prime with the Jets, he wasn't that great. No, no. he's getting an absolute flogging from Wanderers fans. So, right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Wellington. Yeah, the limb for you, Mora. Wellington. Right, we've got the Melbourne Derby following that. Fox Sports didn't even know what's happening, apparently. That was yes, pretty funny, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, was it Matt Coleman, who works for Fox, and the Foxtel help Twitter's like, oh, we don't have that game scheduled. <laughs> and he says, well, I'm I'm actually producing the coverage, <laughs> yes, so uh, am I out of a job? <laughs> yeah, well, Foxtel, the Foxtel help put up the picture. It was like Union... Uh, uh, the big the big uh, weekend of sport yeah, and no A-League. Yeah, no Speaking A-League of, at all. How about how... Vic, the Vic Health did a women's, women's promotion, sport, yeah. completely left out W League and, and, and netball and, and netball. netball, and they left out the W League with Melbourne and City. Hockey. Yeah, with mm. Melbourne City playing a final this weekend because the only sports that matter in Melbourne are uh, AFL and cricket. Yep. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I think it's. I think this is going to be a good game. I'm going to say victory, victory to bounce back. Because I can't tip City at the moment because they're pretty bad. City are way too unpredictable right now. Yep. I'm, I'm, going with, I'm going with the team. I'm sticking away from the legends. Mm. <coughs> Should be a fun game. Right. Uh, the final game of that night is Perth at home against Newcastle. Oh, jeez. Now, Newcastle the broke the fest. Perth... Dre- well, we said that last time. and ended up being a good game. I still think it's going to be a snooze fest. That's a tough one to stay up till midnight for. Yeah, I'm just going to say Perth to bounce back because they're at home, but well, Newcastle I can beat see Newcastle winning. First time in mm. nearly over a decade or something. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Perth, Perth had that really good performance at home against Victory. They're a different team at home, I think. But Victory... Naboo's on fire. Vic, Victory had mm. a tough schedule that week. I'm going to say draw. What's his name again? Naboo. What are you talking about? Yeah, as well. <laughs> what are you talking about? If it's Naboo, then um, Naboo will not fire in this game and Perth will win. I'm going to tip the scummers, unfortunately. Again, Get again. Out. I'm getting really sick and tired of having to freaking tip them. I'm getting really sick and tired. Of I don't. I can't. Them. I, if they, if they, if they were top of the league and the best team in the league, I still wouldn't tip them any week. To be honest, I'm going to have to go I'd back through say. your tips and check that. You <laughs> Did I ever? Have I ever tipped them? <laughs> I, I swear to God, I don't think I haven't. Anyway, uh, we are the final game um, down at. Home. The the furnace at the Canberra, home. which is supposed to be thirty six. GIS Stadium, home, inverted commas, against Adelaide, five o'clock on Sunday. 
Yeah, yeah we were talking about this earlier, or I mentioned it yesterday, that this game could not come at a worse time for us in regards to how important it is if, and where it is. If this was at Sudjiko Stadium, I'd be way more confident that we'd get a result. But yeah. because it's in Canberra, I'm like, oh. It's, you know, and, if we lose, we go back to where we were before the Perth game. Um, a win would worse, be awesome. Worse, because we'll be last on points. But, so. yeah, if we lose, we're last. Yeah, so it's... I guarantee you the players don't want to go and play there. Mm. Guarantee you. I will get hearing talking to Sean. I don't think he wants to go down there either. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think the club uh, necessarily want to go back Not there that I'm putting words all. in your mouth, Sean, but just the body language. You yeah. Get me? But I, you know, it's no secret that uh, the club isn't guaranteed to make any money off this game. They might just because lower rent and that sort of stuff on the ground, but... Um, in terms of on, in terms of on the field, it's a really important game, and it's all the way down there. And um, I think Sean actually brought it up earlier that uh, you could argue that no, it was you actually, Aaron, that you could argue that Adelaide have an easier travel schedule than what we do because we have to sit on a bus for four or five hours. They have probably an hour flight. Half an hour, probably. Probably. No, nah, it's longer than that. Not much. It'd be at least an hour. Don't I'd, give me that I'd look. Have to, I'd <laughs> you have look like Clint Eastwood when you do that. Jeez, I'm not that old. <laughs> I thought you were. What about the attendance? Because uh, it's going to be a happy sort of an event, isn't it? Because what we've got is we've got two teams who are playing there as the home sides and neither of them want to be there. None of their fans want to go there. You're very you're very angry about is this. Is there a I W like League? There's no... Oh, the, no, there is. The yeah. final's on, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. Being and, moved from McKellar. And Canberra's not happy about it because no. obviously McKellar Park is their home ground. And I saw earlier today one of the Canberra players tweeted something along the lines of... Oh, GIO is not our home ground, but blah, 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 blah. So they're obviously not happy. So coaches don't want to go, players don't want to go, fans don't want to go. No one wants to go. I don't know where we're going. You know what? I'm going to tip there's going to be a bigger crowd for the W League final than there will be for our game. Absolutely. I guarantee that. I Luckily, just, nobody will be able to determine that, though. I just did a quick Google search, and Adelaide to Canberra flight is an hour and 35 minutes. You're way off, Aaron. Oh, you're way off. Tomorrow. Are you, are you flying on the Wright Brothers plane? Is that the last time you were on it? Or? Can you now look up? Canberra to Adelaide. Yeah, I'm just going to mute your mic because you clearly <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Well, surely it's an hour and 35 minutes. Well, I hate to tell you, but the dist- the the time taken for a Perth flight to get here from there is different than from here to there. Just putting it out there. Either way, it's going to probably be more comfortable than sitting in a bus. I think so. For a number of hours. So the, the it certainly won't be five hours. <laughs> no. The only thing we can hope is that... Canberra to Adelaide, an hour and 45 minutes. So they are different, but in the reverse direction. Ten minutes more. Must be that tailwind. But I think the only well, hope the we've Earth got... Well, the actually spins and, you know. The only hope we've got is oh, that really? the, heat, the heat still right, affects I, I, Adelaide. It's not I didn't know that. I've, I haven't found it that noticeable. Hey, Luke, we'll just talk on our own, mate. Mongs. <laughs> um, yeah, the only hope is that... The heat will affect Adelaide still from that game last week because it's going to be super hot again. And I think they're not going to be able to be playing in thirty-five plus yeah, two weeks in a row. There is a real possibility that our game will be pushed back. He's hoping. Well, if it is, if it is, the fans will have left by the time it's on. Well, there's, yeah, going be, there's going to be five people there. Yeah. So Josh is going. I only just decided yesterday to drive down, and I wasn't going to, but it's an important game, and I think I feel like I want to be there. But if they push the game back, I ain't getting home till like two o'clock, which. Not ideal when you have it's to fun go. for you. you. Don't do anything anyway. I know, but I still have to go up at six on Monday. <laughs> but that's not fun. It, so but I'm not going. Unfortunately, it's, um, it's I shit fan. I I hope they push the game back for the betterment 
uh, of the players in the game. It's the part-timers up this end of the table. Right? But this this <laughs> game for us, though, is huge because we s- talked about it four times this year, three or four, about getting some sort of consistency together, and we haven't. Jeez, it'd be good to win. Here's a, here's a question for you. When was the last time we won two games in a row? Don't throw <laughs> questions like that at me, mate. Two seasons yeah, ago? Yeah, I was going to say 2015. Really, that recent? Was it? No, surely not. It wasn't last season. Would it be? It'd have to be the thirteen fourteen season, surely. Mossy season before before Arnie left. Mossy season. We were second. No, not even with Moss. No. I don't think. No, I don't we know. were second that year. How could we possibly have? Not had two it could in even go back to the bloody championship season. It's a long time. Let's just establish that. Yes, <laughs> let's see. It's way too long. Jesus Christ, that's a long time ago. Yeah, four or five years ago. If we're I'd love to see a, a side finish second on the table, though, without having consecutive wins. That would be a neat trick. And I don't think we achieved it, which means no. we had two wins during that season. Surely. Yeah. 13, 14. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, we need to be consistent if we're going to get anywhere. If we could play the game plan, it'd be a good Everyone start done? on this game. Everyone no. done? I think, I think every, all the listeners are done. They'll be tired after the interview. Right, okay, we're done here. No one's listening to this. Thank They've been listening to the interview. to Sidelines. We hope you enjoyed uh, the Charlesworth interview. Um, I know this is a long podcast, up to two hours pretty much now. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye.